evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode 136 of the Legion of Myth live stream, coming at your face on the 4th of November 2017. Oh, yeah, kids, with your glorious, glorious golden hosts, Alex Garthon Marsh and Brett Hathen Dog Grissomer. Ooh, I'm glorious. I love you it. You are. Love it. You are. You are a glorious golden god, my friend. I am the radiant light in the dark. You are the reason that Moses started throwing tablets, son. That's you. <laughs> I'm the reason you threw them down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but at least you're up there. You're important. I was, I was actually one that designed that giant bull. <laughs> I was like, what? They wanted something to worship. I figured a bull. It's got I horns. Figured it's this cool. It's tough. You know, it's cool. You know, it, it plows the fields. It pulls our carts. And we eat it. Come on. It's, it's, all cool. it's all a couple thing. It's, it's all good. Oh, what are you doing? You broke the tablets. You oh, probably worked hard those on those. Those are probably important. Oh, oh man. Not too bad for you. That's probably where commandment number 12, don't be a jerk, is on. Come on. <laughs> the internet needs that. Yeah. <laughs> the internet will need that someday. Commandment <laughs> 13, once you, talk, once you call someone Hitler, you've lost the argument. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, everyone. Welcome, as always, to the live stream. Hope glad to see you this time. All right, on our segment today, we have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, where he's going to compare first and fourth edition world and rules of Mage the Awakening. I, my friends, am verklempt. Just, just, I, just so excited I could pee. Tell you what, mm, it's true. And unlike, uh, unlike a vampire first and fourth edition, these are actually different. So there is a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's, they said that too. Ah. <laughs> uh, and in Gotham's comic poll, we're going to talk about three good comics this week. Superman 34, Batman White Knight number two, and Captain America number 695. And the RNG, it is a mystery to everyone involved. Including us. Including us. I'm proud of that. <laughs> ah, but first, let's talk about something to make us all feel safe. A little warm hug inside. The disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. I would like to announce at this point that Heathen Dog got me sick over the internet last week. Whatever horrible virus he had was powerful enough to transfer through the lines and come to me because I had the longest exposure to him. Yeah. I told him he snow crashed me. Managed to send the signal over, went into my cerebral cortex and crashed me. That's what I'm saying. Exactly what happened. That had to be what happened. Oh. So, as always, if you'd like to like, subscribe, or comment, you can find us on Twitch every at some point every single day. Check our schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to YouTube. Find all of our videos. Just go to YouTube. Type in Legion of Myth. Subscribe. It's fun. What does it hurt? Come on. Um, check us out on Reddit, on our Facebook page. Tweet us at Legion of Myth through Discord, Facebook Messenger, or join our Steam Steam group. I just actually got a... Uh, I haven't hooked it up yet. What? I got one of those Steam boxes, the streaming things. Really? Yeah. Well, they're having a, they had a weird one-day sale where if you bought a game and the thing together, you, the thing was $1. Ooh. Yeah, so I was like, that's what dollar. I'm not going to turn that down. So it just arrived this, mor uh, this morning. So To quote RoboCop, I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that. You know, it's funny. It's when I bought it. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Also, the audio version is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, you probably already knew that. Just saying. If you want to support us, you can do it uh, through twi- through a Twitch subscription, a Patreon subscription, a Streamlabs donation, PayPal, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. I got my gear today. Heathen Dog is not this week. That's all right. You don't got to wear it every, every other week. week. That, that's when I do laundry. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, right now, I'm sporting the Air Force gear. Did you pay for that? Because they didn't issue that. No, no, they, I got it from a thing. Oh, from a thing. While I was still in, they had a, they're having some kind. Of, I, I think it was I, I volunteered at the air show, and they had some leftover, so I got one. Oh, that's cool. I never got nothing. I was air one of the year for the hospital. I didn't get a shirt. Just saying. Wow. Air one of the year well, for the medical group. Just well, saying. you got an achievement medal though, right? No. Really? They gave those out like candy. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. I know. I got clusters, man. See, see <laughs> that was a tool. See, here's the thing. <laughs> when you're really, really good at your job, and it looks like you're not busy all the time because you're so good at your job, and you tick off your NCOIC because you te- you when he says you don't look busy, and you shrug and say, I do the most work of anyone here. And when you make Airman of the Year for the medical group and the quarter for the entire base, which no one in medical group had done, like, ever, um, uh, they don't like it. When uh, they look at you and they're like, you just shine your shine your boots, and I go, why? I won all these awards. I must be pretty good. And they don't like that. And uh, no. they don't like smartass. They don't like smartasses, which <laughs> is the problem with me. Which is why I didn't reenlist. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The Air Force, <laughs> the Air Force needs smartasses, but they don't like them. Or what I, or actually, what it turns out is, like the high-ranking guys liked it that I was a smartass, and the people above me who actually control of my life did not. But that's enough of Garthon's life. Let's talk about the world of darkness. Oh, I thought we were done talking about my life. Oh, anyway, no. <laughs> enough about me in high school. Let's talk about Heathen Dog's world of darkness. Then and now, comparisons of first and fourth edition world and rules. Excellent. Okay, everyone. I hope I, we all find you well. And today we are going to take a look at Mage the Awakening. All right, as opposed to Mage the Ascension, which I did, which I did last week. Now... Mage the Awakening has a virtue of something that Mage the Ascension is not, which is backstory. It has a rich backstory. Oh, you said the Awakening has backstory? Yes. Okay. But the Ascension didn't. It was like the Ascension was like, oh, a lot of it's lost in history. It starts off in like 1500. I'm like, what? You know, whereas Vampire starts off at, oh, I don't know, the beginning of mankind. Well, the first book started out in ancient Egypt. They had supplements that get started with the beginning of right. recorded history. But Mage of the Awakening starts off at that whole, you know, beginning of recorded history thing. So that's, that's oh, cool. That's, that's cool. It has a fact source. So let's let's get to particulars before I get into that. All right. The uh, publication date was August 29, 2005 for the first edition, which is the one I have. And from, of course, White Wolf Publishing. The designers are uh, Bill Bridges and Conrad Hubbard. And you can get that uh, on a PDF for 1999. And don't worry, the uh, the link for the PDF will all be in the credits. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, it is now in the description below. So now we will go into how it all began. Now, the beginning of the st- of the backstory starts off with uh, with uh, mankind uh, kind of prolific through the world, but still uh, they're they're lost. They live in constant fear. Mages don't exist yet. There's vampires. There's spirits, and people. People are just eking out an existence by luck and force of will. 
there was no innovation because they had to just survive. I mean, you need food, shelter, and comfort for things that aren't exactly necessary to come about or else, you know, if you don't have food and comfort and, and uh, shelter, you just die before you can invent a freaking wheel. Right. It's kind of like the old, uh, you can't create art unless you have your other needs. Exactly. You've, you've got the hierarchy of needs, you got to have food and then yes. shelter, and then you can start working on yeah. culture and on this, art on this and innovation. Crap, you know. Right. And but we didn't have any of that superfluous crap because the spirits and the vampires and the monsters. Oh my! It it took constant uh, appeasement of the minor spirits and uh, and uh, wards against the the major spirits and constant. You know, don't go out at night against the vampires and stuff. Well, Jesus living in caves and got to fortify the caves with sticks and fire and all that stuff. And it was nasty. It it was it was no way you'd call living or a life, but it was what they had. That was it. Right. Their existence was just to exist. Yes. Your existence was pain, misery, and then finally the sweet, sweet embrace of death. Or if you're unlucky, you become a vampire. Or is that lucky? lucky, hey, Hey, you know what? A lot of people were like, you know, sign me up. I'm it's a lot better than living in the cave. Exactly. Well, then some people, uh, chosen few, like a certain certain percentage, it doesn't say exactly how many, but a significant percentage of people all across the world had a dream. They dreamt of an island in some distant land. And around the island were, were flying dragons just circling the island looking at the dreamer, beckoning the dreamer to come and find them. And when these people woke up, they're like, oh, funny dream. And then they went back to sleep and they had the dream again and again until finally, went, you know what? Fine. Okay. I get it. <laughs> but I was like, you know, maybe this means something. Yeah, I get it. I either, either I am crap house rat crazy or pff, daddy's taking a trip. And from, for the most people, daddy took a trip. And they traveled across the world. The reason that everyone traveled across the world is because this island was where no one else was. So it's not like, oh, I recognize that. That's right over there. No, it wasn't <laughs> anything like that. This island was it was in the ocean. They had to build a boat. They had to figure out how to build a boat. They'd build a boat and then sail there to get to this island. And finally, the, the first people arrived. And they couldn't really communicate with each other because they're all from different corners of the world. They all spoke different languages. But... Even people who have different languages can still convey ideas, get their get their point across. I mean, I'm living proof. I, I had an hour and a half conversation with a, a Turkish guy, and we didn't speak a lick of each other's language, but it was fun, and we got our point across. So that's what happened. They all discovered they all had the same dream. They all saw the dragons. They all decided to come here, and then they, when they finally got to the island and so fell asleep cute. again, they had a different dream. The dragons now kind of spoke, kind of like brain speak, like telepathy type speak to them, uh, more in concepts than in words. But they, they told them that dreaming here is very special. Your soul can leave your body and you can travel to another realm Sweet. Where, where the bountiful riches of power and safety will now be yours. Well, well, like, well that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal, living in this crap hole. Let's try that. So all these people, and more people were coming every day because some people were closer, some people were further, and some people took Yeah, it takes some time to get there, you know. Yeah, it took longer time to build that boat for some people than not. So uh, more people coming every day, and uh, they would 
go into caves on this island, find a nice little hidey hole and fall asleep. And then their astral form would project to this other realm, the realm of supernal, the realm of the, of the supernatural, the higher plane of existence. The astral realm, perhaps? No, no, no. The, it's actually above the astral realm. Uh. This is like this is like the domain of heaven type idea. Now, uh, th- those who returned, and not all of them came back. Some of them got lost, but they were tested. Their souls were tested, and if they were found, if they were found uh, uh, wanting, then they were lost or killed in these in these in these uh, magical realms. If they were, if they succeeded, they found the higher realm counterpart to their own souls they merged and when they returned to their body they were now awakened they they could now uh the the way they explained it in in Meiji awakening is they could now uh overwrite the the lower plane the, the material plane's physical laws with the laws of the higher plane allowing manipulation of primal forces and energy makes sense yeah, calling it magic. Now, uh, for the people who returned, they decided, well, this this place is awesome. Let's let's uh, let's make this home base, right? And uh, we will will go and we'll delve into the mysteries of the of the new things that we can now do. And then they called this place Atlantis. And for this, it was a new age of mankind, an age of safety and prosperity for for those uh, for those newly awakened. Who, uh, who now rule this island, and for those normal people who are now flocking to it because, hey, no spirits, no demons, no vampires, pff, sign me up. Heck yeah. Heck, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be a bootlicker in this place. Well, so they actually demon. figured out how to make a pair of pants, so hey. Yeah, exactly. Wow, you got clothes and stuff? I got, I got like this rotten wool carcass I, I found one day. This I, I haven't even figured out how to tan hides. I'm just wearing a dead animal. It's rotting away. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the, the, the place built up, and uh, people from all over came, and uh, some of them uh, got the dreaming. Some of them decided to try and become mages, and some of those even came back and became newly newly minted awakened mages. Yay! Ooh. And they, they they joined the 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 class of mages that made everyone's life better than than it was before. So every everyone on this island thrived. All right, everybody. At least everyone worth mentioning. Well, no, no. Even the even the most meager human found this place to be a paradise. Well, compared to being fed upon by the werewolves, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah you know, like I mean, yeah, I'm... actually. I'm cleaning to, to the be, chamber pots, but it's better to be eaten by the werewolves. No, actually, werewolves, to be fair, and in this day and age, were largely cool. All right, that's right. better to be eaten by the vampires. Yeah, yeah, eaten by the vampires, or rip, ripped apart by the spirits, or and the changelings, whatever. or whoever the heck yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, whoever was screwing around with humans at the time. Yeah. Then yeah, okay, fine. This, the, this, the even even the lowliest surf here was like, wow, this is so much better, you know, than what I had before. I feel like a lord. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they spent hundreds of years. Uh, the, the mages delving in the mysteries of the universe that they now they now had privy to, and they created all great wonders of of uh, of, of magic and and power and and uh, all of the all the vampires and and witches and and demons and spirits were like eh, we're gonna stay away from there because these guys are no freaking joke and so they did and so the land prospered for centuries. Well, that you know every society has a tipping point. Well, yeah. And this one was, well, now. Uh, still, we don't have a date for this because this is still back in pre-recorded time. But uh, uh, with great power comes great, well, hubris. And th- that's what happened. They, the, the mages started to believe that they were the end-all, be-all of the world. 
since uh, the very laws and fabric of reality bent to their will, they thought themselves gods. And, and you know, who's going to argue with them? Exactly. No one's going to argue with them because, well, around for, for right now, they are the end all be all of what's around. You know, so, all right. So they decided, you know what? We can leave our physical bodies and travel to the supernal realms, the, the, the higher realm above this one. And travel around there and see all the mysteries and wonders and stuff but what if just no hear me out what if we could we could make a device that could transport our physical bodies to this higher realm we could then claim it as our own and thus become gods mm, sounds like a bad idea and half of them were like yeah man that sounds like a bad idea that sounds like you're gonna be a d-bag it sounds like, like screwing with the rules of how things are right now. Things are cool, you know. Exactly. Things are going pretty well. Why do you want to screw with this pretty well? If, every, if every day, without you asking for it, a check arrives from Google for $1,000, you don't one day write them and say, hey, how come my check isn't for 1500 I got expenses. No, no, no. You just accept. You, you just yeah. shut up and keep taking yeah. the $1,000 check that, every day. You like it. I mean, there's always a, there's always a chance it's a mistake. Don't rock the boat. But then some of them were like, you know what? No, no, this is an excellent idea. This, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to get in on this. So they built what they call the celestial ladder. Now it wasn't a real ladder to heaven, like in South Park. It wasn't anything like that. But uh, it was called that because through it you could, you could uh, go up. You know, you could, you would, you would physically and be transported. Stages. Exactly, you would physically be be transported to the higher, higher plane of existence. Hey, Duncan, good thing, to see you. Sorry. Exactly, this thing was completed. And uh, the, the people who were who were in charge were like, oh, let's go. And then I think about 20 of them got up there. And then and then the, the ones who said this was a bad idea were like, dude, if they get up there and they take over the higher realms, what do you think they're going to do to us? They're like, the, the guys uh, who opposed them. Yeah, they're going to bone us, right? Yeah, they're definitely going to bone us. So they went after them. And then there was the super null war. There, there was there was two groups in the, physically in the higher plane of existence and because of that they, they now had access to unbelievable truly godlike power and a war started a war in the higher realms That's and this was this was beyond imagination this uh this war happened in uh in with a scope and breadth that you cannot you literally cannot imagine it's it like happened a dragon so ball z many... fight where they're blowing up planets and stuff well it's not even it's not that. even z it's... what is it awakening the new one whatever the new one is uh it's uh, uh, Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's but uh, no, it, it happened on Nerd. several planes of existence at once. You know, like, uh, uh, for example, in the in the physical plane, the war uh, two two of these godlike beings fighting could cause a star to go supernova. And in, a, in another in another plane of existence, it, it could cause a, a, a demon to to split sunder into 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 12 dozen evil spirits and in another plane of existence a song the actual idea of a song could be destroyed you know so many levels of reality were affected by this that the damage was immeasurable many uh many on both sides lost and what i mean lost is they fell back to earth forcibly ejected from from the supernal realm and then at the very end of the war the ladder was destroyed and this explosion of the ladder caused a permanent rift between the supernal realm 
and the lower realm, which now is called the fallen realm, the one that we're stuck in. Ah, great. So that, that was, that was the sundering of the universe. Now what this did was it caused all the mages, all the awakened on our side, the fallen world side to slowly lose their connection to the supernal and their magic wane and wane and wane. And those, those humans, who uh, who know that magic is this has seen it happen, their their eyes slowly start to dim and they stop believing in it. Hmm. And even them looking at a magic happening causes the magic to falter even more because of their disbelief. But didn't they see a bunch of magic? Yeah, but their their brains become occluded because they 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 no longer have uh, even even a a uh, secondary. Uh, path to uh, to the supernal for their they have souls as well but they're just not awakened oh, okay. and their, their 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 souls are so dim that they can no longer have any kind of connection even recollection of what is actually what is actually possible kind of like if you have a subscription to like an anime streaming service and then you end your subscription and then later they start coming out new anime and you're like ah so i don't know because they could talk about it. you don't believe it's actually there because you don't you can't no, see it. Not, I can't see it. It's not there. So yeah. forget it. That's what it, that see that's some good <laughs> relation there. That that is that is <laughs> that's exactly what it's that's like. a that's a one for one. You 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 hit that nail on the head. It was perfect. Hey, now, while he uh, has a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Exactly. Now uh, uh, my next slide we have the picture of the broken world, and this is a beautiful picture. Who's, it is uh, beautiful. Whose author whose authoring link will be in the credits. Uh, this is now our new normal. All right. There, I'm not going to explain all the different realms because, frankly, we don't have a whole lot of time for that. But uh, at the top, there is the supernal realm. Uh, the, the, the supernal realms are the realms of, of the Arcanum. There are 10 and, uh, you know, the, the Arcanum of uh, prime, of forces, of matter, of life, all, all, all of the, the different mysteries that a mage can can evoke. Each one has its own realm and they are all connected synergistically together in the kingdom of, of the supernal. Below that is the abyss. This is what occurred when the celestial ladder destroyed, was, was, was destroyed. This abyss, this rift of nothing in between our plane of existence and the plane of the supernal. This is an all but impassable barrier between the two realms. And in it is a non-thinking, uh, I would say like Lovecraftian entity like it is all, but it is an insane God. It has no consciousness. It just is. Touching it, super bad idea. Super bad. Because it is power incarnate. It's, it's as if God had no consciousness whatsoever and no control over its own power. So opening up a window to the abyss would most likely mean your certain death because the power would reach out to you and bust you asunder. It'd be crazy. And then we have our world, the, the, the fallen world, the, the, uh, where exists the earth and the cosmos and everything that we know and sometimes love. Now, you're thinking, well, if, if there is that, that divide, the abyss in between the supernal and the material world, how do mages exist now? I mean, by now, magic should have been all, all gone in our world. That's true, but uh, remember the people who, who were up there, the, the, some of the losers got, got thrust down before the celestial, celestial ladder was destroyed, but not everyone lost and not both sides were thrown down. 
the, the two factions are still up there, still fighting for, for control of the supernal realms. One of them are called the Exarchs. Those are the people who willingly went up there. It's like, yeah, we're going to claim this in the name of us. And then they're the Oracles, the one who went up there to try and stop them because, no, you're being D-bags. You're screwing you're the order of things that can make everything fall down. Exactly. And duh, that's what happens. But the Oracles got an idea. After the Celestial Lab was destroyed and the Abyss was created, they're like, dang it. We told you it's going to happen. So the Oracles are uh, still still fighting the Exarchs, but now they both have godlike abilities, so they can, they can multitask. They created what they called Watchtowers. These were anchors in the Supernal that were able to, to punch holes in the Abyss. Tunnels, really, not holes, because a hole means the Abyss is going to leak out. Create tunnels through the Abyss to reach certain people to give them the dreaming where they can astrally travel to one of the watchtowers, etch their names in the watchtower to link their avatars, their souls, to this watchtower and therefore to the supernal realm so they can now do magic, uh, create uh, create uh, alternate versions of reality on the material plane. So that's the current day, the current day mages, all right? They, they, they are people who have dreamt of the watchtower, successfully navigated their astral self to a watchtower, and claimed it as their own. Now, because of the abyss, this happens much less frequently than it did in the days of Atlantis. You know, you're, you, have, you have to be at the right place, right time to get the dreaming through the tunnel. And Duncan Idaho watchtower. asks, so the abyss monster can't actually access these tunnels? No, no, the, 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 uh, the tunnels, of course, tunnels have walls, they're circular walls, and they are protected by the watchtowers. The watchtowers anchor in the supernal. The, the uh, supernal is the end-all, be-all, like, heavenly host-type area of, of godly power, so it, it, can, it can form a tunnel that the abyss cannot penetrate to make a safe path from the supernal to the physical world. Now, like I said, uh, the, uh, this, this means that people awaken much less frequently. Uh, the, the, the dreaming is uh, much more rare and successful navigation through the tunnel and back again is much harder. So more people get lost and then, of course, die. Fair enough. So uh, uh, mages are well, a, a dying breed. I mean, the, there, there's no way to predict who's going to be a mage before it happens it's like as far as other mages know they've tried and tried for hundreds of years to figure out is there a pattern to this do how, how are we going to know who's going to awaken who's not there's no pattern they have not found one yet it's just flip a coin random chance don't know eh. but the thing is magic is becoming more difficult every day the reason being is the abyss is expanding it's not bleeding into the lower, the fallen world, or bleeding into the supernal, but the rift is getting bigger. So it's successfully so the, franchising. Valve is invading your Yeah, exactly. The, the tunnel is still strong. It's still, it's still impenetrable to the abyss, but it's getting thinner as it stretches. So over time, even less and less mages are, are getting the dreaming. Hmm. All right, now uh, the Exarchs and Oracles... Uh, there, they ha they can influence events on the earth through the abyss because they have godlike power. I mean, did the oracles created the watchtowers as a direct conduit from the supernal to the to the world, and the exarchs are just as powerful. So they they have uh, they have uh, minions on earth to 
to try and make sure that all all mages are killed or or made non-existent because the Exarchs want all this power for themselves. They, they turned in the D-bags just like the Oracles thought they would. And they want all for themselves. Screw the lower planes. We don't care about them anymore. We're gods now. They 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 can they, they can suck themselves in caves again for all I care. So they actually so there's actually a group trying to kill all the mages or something. Uh, yeah, the uh, like the, the Exarchs the like want the mages all to die. Yeah, the, the, the Exarchs want all the power for themselves. They want to be the only ones that that have access to the super health. So they have uh, they have uh, minions on on the on the earth, in the in the fallen world. That sole job is to hunt down mages that aren't aligned with the Exarchs and kill them dead. Hmm. That's what they do. And then uh, the the Exarchs promise them power and, and dominion over the over the fallen world. But really, after their job is all over and all of the non Exarch mages are dead, the Exarchs are going to kill all their mages. So it doesn't seem like a good plan to join up with them. Well, they don't know that. I mean, you know, yeah. they made a deal with the devil who they thought was an angel. So uh, okay, you know, there you go. Now, you know, jokes on them. <laughs> if you're too good at your job, you die. <laughs> Stuff like that. Being incompetent, so, your greatest key there. Exactly. Now, let's uh, let's go to magic. All right. Now, magic is very, very similar to, to first edition as it is fourth edition. Uh, the only difference is uh, in first edition mage, there was nine spheres of, of magical influence. And here there are ten arcanums of magical influence. The difference being that the, the sphere of entropy, entropy, was split into mm. two arcanums, one called death and one called fate, which I kind of get. Entropy. I just think the, they wanted to fit the star symbol. I, I think you're right. I <laughs> I really do. I I yeah. I was looking at the going. Yeah, that's not a quinky dick. Yeah, I, I got I got you down. But this one I get a little bit because uh, the sphere of entropy uh, uh, controlled. Uh, could control the eventual decay of everything like the the you know everything will eventually uh degrade and turn into its constituent elements there's nothing you can stop that there's nothing that can stop that and uh it also controlled random chance right chaos chaos theory type they thing. turned that into fate exactly and they turned that part into fate now i don't like that they turn the first part into death because entropy isn't death because, you know, yes, things die and then they, they decompose and degrade into constituent elements, but then those elements are then used to feed new life and new building structures. You know, everything is recycled. So that's not a really good split. Well, they couldn't the really call it, well, I guess they could have called it entropy still or called yeah, it they change could, or. Yeah, or wild, not wild, but. Uh, uh, Heat death. I don't know. They, they they could have found something better than than death, which well, which, death is awesome if you're you know a teenage gamer, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that could be it. And then all of the dots of the of the uh, perspective, uh, arcanums now instead of spheres have have the same basic basic powers. So level one is you you can sense whatever arcanum you have level one in. If you have level one in time, you always have a perfect sense of time. You, you can sense when uh, time manipulation is happening. If you have a forces of two. You can uh, you can manipulate energy that is existing right there. If you have a, a life of three, you you can uh, you can reweave uh, someone's pattern that's been damaged. Like say they took a gunshot wound, you could fix it. Uh, if you have a matter of four, you can uh, you can uh, transmute one element into another. If you have say <laughs> ennui, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like ennui for death. That's good. I like that yeah. better. 
if you have, say, uh, uh, time of five, you can actually skip ahead. You can stop existing in this in this time period and start existing in another. Traveling back in time is still verboten. You're not allowed to do that. You just get shredded. But uh, you have you have complete control of the flow of time. You can stop it. You can slow it down. You can speed it up. You can skip time altogether to appear somewhere else further in the time stream. The world is you your know, VCR. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just can't rewind something. Now, what it'll I break the tape. In, yeah, exactly. It'll break the tape. What I allowed in uh, in in, in my game is that if you want to jump forward in time, as long as you didn't stay there more than 10 seconds, you could jump back to where you came from because you're not solidified in the new time frame yet. That, that was the, to me, that, that was a, that was a, an excuse. So, so people can't use knowledge of the future to well, go back. In the well, past. yeah, if you just Screw go back in time, campaign. all you do is like you master time. It's like, it turns out the the man who's killed your entire family is Thomas Hudson. Okay, I look up Thomas Hudson. Where was he born? Uh, he was born in Boston in 1932. All right, I go back in time to Boston in 1932, and I go stab an infant. There you go. And there you go. You're a winner. <laughs> Yay. Every, every single problem that comes up. Exactly look out. That. The so, demon has come. How the demon here? Well, he was summoned. Well, how? These people did it. Where were they born? <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I, I made sure that that couldn't happen. With the whole with the whole time time skip thing, but other than that, you you had you had free reign over time. Now, wait wait, uh, we have a question from Duncan Idaho. Can one force other people to time travel back as an offensive attack? No, no, they oh. cannot. Wait, what if no, you use mind and made them think it was a great idea to travel back in time? No, no, you you can't take anyone else with you back in time. No, a master of time. He just be like can only take themselves <laughs> forward or backward. If you go backward, that's a that's like. I just want to kill myself. Bye. Shred it. If you want to yeah. go forward, hey, great. You just you just a blink and you're try- in whatever. Well, could you, you like use time on someone else and send them back? No, you cannot. Okay. Uh, you you cannot send someone forward or backward in time. Now, what you can do is slow down or speed up the passage of time around someone, so you can age someone uh, forward or 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 make someone younger, at least temporarily. You can do that, but this is highly vulgar. You're going to get beat for it. You're going to get smacked down. You're going to pay for that. <laughs> you're going to pay for that one, but you can do it. Now, the thing is, you're not actually making them travel forward or backward in time. You're just regressing their current form to what it was before or what it will be in the future. They're, all their current memories, all their current knowledge is intact, so technically it, it doesn't break the rule of time. It's very much like the like the uh, D&D spell Age Dragon. Age Dragon? Yeah, you don't remember that spell? No. Yeah, AD&D 2nd Edition, there was a spell called Age Dragon. It can be that used That seems uh, oddly specific. It is. It was it was made for a specific purpose. I mean, uh, if you were fighting a dragon, there, and th- there's a reverse of it. Oh, okay, I so, would hope so. So, if, if you're fighting a, an ancient dragon, you're like, "No, that's that's a little too much for me to handle." How about making a young dragon. That could not have been in the player's handbook. Swear to God, it's there. Um, you want to take this bet? I'll take it. <laughs> okay. I can't hear you now. <laughs> He's going to look for it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, I can't advance the slide without Garth on, so I can't go. <laughs> I can't talk about what's next. 
It is funny. Oh, man. Now, he might not find it in the Player's Handbook or the Dungeon Master's Guide. It could be something like Dark Sun because uh, dragons were a big thing in Dark Sun. But it, there, there is a, uh, a advanced Dungeons Dragons 2nd edition spell, legitimate published spell called a dragon. Yes. Ah, he's frozen time. Very good, Duncan. I know he has frozen time. Just by leaving his chair, he has that power. Now we're all stuck in his in his little his little menagerie of uh, of this moment in time to cherish forever. My original second edition player's handbook held together by white duct tape. Wow, that's impressive. It is. Cool. See, it's my name. The cool dragon thing I drew and everything. I know. I'm cool. Yeah, you're cool. You're you're cool. You're cool. Junior high I cool. I got you. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm gonna look it up. It's not a real spell. It's <laughs> a real spell. It's not a. At least it's not a PHP spell. Ah, oh, this is riveting. This is riveting. Yeah, Everyone's like stuff. watching people look in books. Now, we can uh, look can, in the can, internet. Can you advance to the next slide, please? While you're doing that. All right. Thank you. Oh my God! Yes, this is what they did to magic. This, this is the flowchart in casting a spell. Now, I don't want you to read it, so I'm not. I'm not going to have Garthon enlarge it, because this is a, a long, convoluted pile of nonsense. There's no but dragon This is spell. what you have to do. Every time you cast a spell, you have to go through this flowchart. Now, you don't have to go through all of it every time, but you have to start at the same spot and end the same spot. And depending on what choices you make, it depends where you go in this giant uh, plumbing nightmare. That is a hell of a way to cast a spell. I mean, do they not yeah. trust people to do stuff? I guess not. But uh, in my next slide, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a fourth edition casting example and a first edition casting example. So you can, you can be the judge. Now, fourth edition. Okay, let's say this, this, is, uh, this fourth edition guy, no, both of these scenarios are exactly the same. All right. Uh, the, the, the awakened mage in question is a hostage negotiator for the Chicago Police Department. All right. He is in charge of, obviously, this hostage situation where uh, a, uh, a, a gun wielding uh, hostage taker has a has a security guard inside of, of his uh, of his secure little uh, outpost thing that is bulletproof and you know he tried to get into this into this uh, highly classified government government facility but he never got past this point because he didn't realize how highly classified it was so he, he locked himself in this bulletproof bombproof uh, guard tower type thing and he's and he's asking for all kinds of whatever that hostage takers asked for now uh, the uh, this mage can see him obviously because the bulletproof class is you know transparent and uh in in both cases the there there is a there is a uh, power junction box right next to the guard post so this is what happens in fourth edition casting bullshit uh, uh he has a, a forces rating of four and a gnosis uh gnosis in fourth edition is his knowledge of of of, uh, of manipulating magic in a generic fashion all right so what he wants to do is he wants to use forces two which will allow him to blow out the track lighting above the bad guy and have an arc of electricity flow from the circuit into the guy's head, hopefully rendering him unconscious or at the very least stunned so they could breach and take everyone alive. That's his plan. So 
he knows this uh, now the in, in fourth edition they have rotes that are very important Th these are more like dnd spells if you don't have a rote it's a lot harder to do spells on the fly but he has this rote that that allows him to to force energy out of an electrical appliance or outlet so he uses the rote and he uses his intelligence his electronics and his skill and forces together as his dice pool which is 10 dice he's got 10 dice to make this happen so that's great now penalties he has no dice penalties but this is a vulgar effect Okay, because the rote classifies it as a vulgar effect. So there's no getting around it. There, there, there's no massaging reality. There's no creating a circumstance where this might happen on its own. No, it says vulgar, so it's vulgar. So he now he has to roll paradox. Now, unlike in first edition, in fourth edition, you have to roll paradox in the middle of your casting because mm. it, it can take away successes once you actually roll those 10 dice. It oh, can beautiful. take away everything. Yeah. So he rolls, and let's just say... For argument's sake, no paradox is rolled. Great. That means his actual roll now is 10 dice. And he rolls his 10 dice, he gets two successes. And that's generous because every target number in in Mage of the Awakening, no matter what you roll, is an eight. So what? you have to roll eight, what? eight, nine, or ten for a success. All right, just every that's a twenty percent success rate per die. That sucks. Eight, nine, ten. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. And what ones are always failure. So yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, but it gives you lots of dice. Wait, so, does a one cancel a success though? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna get to that at the end. Okay. But uh, let, let let's just say, uh, you know, he rolls his ten dice. Let's say he gets two successes. Odds are he will most likely only get one. But I'm gonna benefit the doubt. Say he got two. All now, right. the the cool part of the fourth edition because their target numbers are so high, usually one success is all you need. What because everything has a base damage that is not affected by the number of successes you have. All right, fair enough. The number of successes only affects how hard it is to dispel or counter your magic. So the more successes you get, that's how many successes an opposing mage has to roll to counter your magic. So he's just fighting a dude. So he only needed one success. And then Bob's your uncle, the, 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 the track lighting blows, it, it comes off of the of the ceiling. The wires come down, shock him, and he takes three damage, which is the base damage for, you know, in, in the World of Darkness core book, which is another book you have to buy. <laughs> and there's three bashing damage you, you get from that. Now, electrical damage has a special effect. Electrical damage, if you take, uh, either it's either equal or, or just higher than your stamina in damage from electrical source, you are stunned. Which means you you don't act in in the in the next initiative and the initiative after that, uh, you you are you act at the end of that turn. So now the cops can breach the door, get this guy and everyone's safe, and he's he's lauded as a hero, even though he was just super lucky, and that's what happened. Okay, now let's let's jump to the first edition guy. First edition guy is in the exact same scenario. He also has a forces of four. And an erite of four. Now, an er erite is the is a uh, is a uh, uh, Greek for uh, mastery or excellence. It's a uh, it's it's how well you are at massaging reality to to make a magical effect happen. Now, uh, instead of rolling a, a skill, uh, an attribute, and your and your rank like the like the fourth edition guy, he only rolls erite. The reason he's rolling erite is because he is doing a coincidental effect. He is masking his magic. To make reality think that could happen to make everyone else think no that could happen so what he does is 
he uh, he turns off the intercom to to the guy inside the inside the booth say okay hang on i'm gonna see if i can get your demands turns it off says okay guys when i say i want you to blow that junction box it's going to cause a distraction and we're going to be able to breach and they go okay he turns it back on and he, he starts talking to him say okay we can do this we can do that it'll take 10 minutes for this anyway during this time he's actually formulating his plan now he has, he also has no dice penalties because he can see the he can see the attacker it's a coincidental effect so he's unless he botches, he has no chance of paradox whatsoever. He's gonna have to roll. So his actual roll is four dice. He rolls his arite. He rolls his four dice. Now his base target number is five because it's the forces. It's the it's the forces dot rating of the effect you're trying to do, which is infect two plus three. So if he wanted to do a forces five effect, his target number would be eight. But this is just a forces two effect, so his target number is five. So he gets two successes. He may have gotten three because he's got a 60% chance for success. Now, more like 50 because he could roll a one. So he's got a 50-50 chance of success. So I, I say he's got two successes. All right, fair enough. Now, the difference here is damage. In Mage 1st Edition, your damage is dependent on the number of successes you get because that's how much current you're able to draw out of that circuit before it blew. He got two successes. He has a forces rating of four. That means his forces damage is successes times three so he does six damage yeah which isn't not which is not enough to kill a human but is definitely over his stamina which means he is definitely down for the count and they will breach and they will get him they will cuff him and they will save the hostage and everyone's happy save the day now both of these things happened in the in in the exact same fashion the only problem is in the fourth edition you rolled a lot more dice with a lot less successes. Your target number was much higher, and it was a little more convoluted. And in it was first, a vulgar effect. And, and it was a vulgar effect when, when in first edition, you could, you could have a back and forth with the storyteller. Well, if I do this, people will believe that it was a coincidence. Like, if you blow a breaker box, people would think that, yes, now there was a momentary power surge that blew the light. Especially you watch a lot of like Hollywood movies. Oh, electricity exactly. goes everywhere, and there's sparks. And exactly, movies prep people for this stuff. Like shooting a gas tank will make a car explode. People actually believe that can happen. It cannot. Real life, that doesn't happen, ever. So, but people believe it. So you could probably get away with it, making it a coincidental effect. But in in fourth edition, it is black and white. It says in the spell, "This is this is vulgar. This is not vulgar." Or it's like there they take no... away a lot of the storytelling ability of the players to be able to like say yes. what they're doing. The, 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 the players have a have less ability to to make their own story along with the story. That's yeah, a little sad. Yeah, it's a little sad. But anyway, let's let's uh, let's get to my comparison. Now, I wasn't able to do this with the vampire one because first and fourth editions were basically the same, so you know, they took right. the same thumbs. But this one, obviously, I, uh, I I tried to keep it as impartial as I could, but toward the end there, I got weird. But uh, yes, I am partial to first edition and not. Well, to it also movie. seems to be better. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Now, backstory should be in blue. It should be a good thing because Mage, the first edition, did not have a backstory. It was it was bereft of an actual. There backstory. are some pieces in there about the Exarchs and like the ladder and stuff. There there was some stuff in there, but it wasn't really fleshed out. Yeah. But in Mage: The Awakening, it had a real fleshed out backstory, but it was kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah. I'm reading. I'm reading the story, going stairway to heaven. 
starting to play guitar in my head and I'm like Exarchs and the super null and you know what I don't I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's not mage. You know, like a, a, a lot of people, you know, go on Reddit, go on, go on a uh, uh, world darkness forums. They, they just, in their mind, they say mage, the awakening is not in the same world as world darkness. It's not, it's too different. It doesn't fit. It is uh, we're just, we're just going to, you know, I can't like it if I'm comparing it to the rest of the world of darkness stuff, but stand alone. It has merit as a game. I get it, but today we're comparing, so it has no merit. Now, Magic, they dumbed it down and made it more complicated. They dumbed it down because in Major First Edition, rotes were just examples of what you could do at that dot level. They were examples. They weren't hard and fast spells. There was just an example. You can do this. It was it was to, to spark the imagination of the storyteller and the player to make new abilities within those guidelines mm -hmm. you know no you, you oh i'm sorry you want to do that but you can't do that until you have a third dot or a fourth dot like, you can do that but you would have to mix forces three and prime two and correspondence two to make that effect right. oh but okay, on, but okay, on the okay. other hand that system can seem really complex if someone's like well i don't understand why i would need prime or and trying to exactly, figure out all yeah. the mix out so i can see you know yeah people thought that that you know the, the game designers thought that wasn't for everyone not everyone can get into that idea so so they dumbed it down to make actual spells you get penalized for doing that for saying hey i have forces three prime two corresponds two, so i can do this i want to do it and the storyteller's like yes you can but you get this this dice penalty and you have to spend mana to empower it because it's not a rote and you, you know, you'll get more paradox because it's not a rote you know you get penalized for being creative and it takes experience points to make your creativity into a rote to offset those penalties ouch yeah but they also with dumbing it down to try and make it simpler for everybody they made it more complicated you saw that freaking flow chart that yeah was that was crazy the the uh, flow chart for the original mage as a matter of fact i'm going to show it to you i mean I, I i wish that i had the uh I, I, like like max Dow said hey if you're going to show something in the book have it there right away so you don't have to flip through it like i'm doing it right now and look like a d-bag while you're doing it i mean the flow chart for the creation of uh fat man little boy were smaller there it Come is. on now Here's here's the flowchart for the old world darkness. No, that's it. That's that's much smaller. It's much smaller, and it's it's even it's it's bigger, so you can read everything in it. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven total boxes, but you're only gonna go through one, two, three, four, five, six. You're only gonna go through seven of it, depending on if it's coincidental, if it's vulgar, if you make that roll, if you fail that roll. <laughs> The, uh, the the other chart had like fifty two boxes, and you were and yeah. at minimum you were gonna go through twelve of them. So it was my pretty dang nuts. Yeah, it, it made it so more complicated than it had to be, and you had to stop in the middle of your of your magical effect to roll paradox. Whereas in the old world of darkness, you'd paradox it at the end. You already created your magical effect. That's what triggered paradox. Now I don't understand. How you get penalized when you couldn't even make the effect. Yes, you haven't done anything yet. You haven't rolled to make the magic happen. How can you invoke paradox? Well, the reason being is because you are reaching through the abyss to the supernal to bring energy back 
to then make your effect. So the fact you reaching through, you could pull back some of the abyssal stuff with you. And that creates the paradox effect. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Now, the, the other thing I had a problem with, lots of dice, little results. You, ha you saw, he had 10 dice. In the, in the example for fourth edition, he had 10 dice, but only two successes. That is disheartening. It's like, that it's sucks. like, play, I know it's like, uh, what, what, what's that? What's that tabletop world war two game axes and allies. You have like 20 D sixes, but only sixes are successes. So you're rolling 20 dice and you get like three successes, you know, for, for a beginning player, that's hugely disheartening because you feel so good with all these dice in your hand. And with the final tally said and done, you're like, one success? What? Shoot. Try play Warhammer 40k. I'm rolling 32 dice. I have to roll a six and then another six. Yeah. And like then that. and then I have to roll against your armor where I need another six and then a two. What the hell? So yeah. by the time you're done, you got like one damage. Yay. Yeah, exactly. It, it's disheartening to say the least. Now, I scoured this book and I'm, oh, uh, there's no thing I didn't, I didn't put on here. The book, uh, you remember Beetlejuice, right? The movie Beetlejuice. Yes, I do. You remember everyone said that that the handbook for the newly deceased was written like stereo instructions and no one could follow it. Yeah. That's this freaking book. It's all flowery prose and everything, but you want to search for a rule? Have fun with that hour you're spending. There, the index is all but useless. There is no section. Like in every other World of Darkness book, there is a section called the rules. And it gives you the rules for rolling dice. It gives you how to, how to add... Uh, what what do you do when you add an attribute, a skill, and a and a and a power or an ability? You add it together. That's how you roll it. These are the target numbers. This is what this is what add or subtract from target numbers. Stuff like that. It's all in one section. Not here. It's littered all over the book. It's all over the book. Jeez. And didn't you see you needed like, another book for like damage types or something? Yes, there, there, uh, for for the um, for the new World of Darkness for for this edition, there there was a core World of Darkness rule book that had generic uh, damages and types of stuff and stuff like that 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 all the other branches shared, and you either had to make that up or buy that book. Dang, to get it. That's so yeah, that whole that whole outlet damage. That was three. That was me guessing. I don't fucking. I'm sorry. I don't freaking know. I'm sorry. My apologies. I don't know because I don't have the World of Darkness book. All right. I decided not to spend another another thirty bucks getting getting a book just to just to translate a book I spent thirty bucks getting. No, not gonna do it. That's really sad. And at the very end, it doesn't fit with all the other World of Darkness stuff. I mean, uh, Mage uh, to, to many. To many seemed overpowered if you had a vampire in the campaign or a werewolf in the campaign or a or a or a wraith or whatever well they really you know, shouldn't the, be campaigned together yeah yeah the, the 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 mage seemed overpowered in a lot of ways and i get that i i would spend time refuting that in some aspects but i'm not going to spend that time today i get what you're saying but the systems fit together if you knew one system you could you could blend it in with another system because they were completely compatible. Right, right. They would all go together very nicely. Yes, they all use the same rules. Mage of the Awakening uses different rules than all the other fourth edition, yeah, uh, fourth edition books. Yay. So they were not plug and play compatible. 
which was a huge mistake, which is another reason a lot of people say that, no, this is its own separate system. It's not in the same universe as World of Darkness. It's a completely different thing because, number one, they don't fit, and n- number two, the backstory is really wonky and doesn't allow for the other things to really exist, like, without making huge leaps of faith or, or cognitive dissonance, you know? So, yeah, I'm going to have to give it the thumbs down. All right. And that is uh, that is my my two cents. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog, uh, for warning everyone about Mage the Awakening. Uh, if you want more Heathen Dog, you can find him on YouTube at Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma. Look him up under the Legion of Myth, many playlists, uh, his anime and RPG segments, and his team ups with Garthon on Star Trek Online and Secret World Legends. Speaking of Star Trek Online, Duncan Ido said uh, he's got a heads up for us that he's been testing the Foundry and it seems good. Ah, we can start doing more Foundry missions again. Yes, but before that, Heathen Dog is going to uh, get him some uh, Johnny Walker Red Label. Oh no! Yeah, I'm going. I'm going high class. Well, this is actually the lowest. This is actually the lowest of the Johnny Walkers, but still. Straight. I'm gonna. Yeah. Ooh, what do you got you I, I hope you have a chaser. I I do. All right. And it won't. Oh, there we go. Finally, jeez. She's like childproof. This is better than the other stuff you're drinking, though. I can yes, support yes, this better it, than your pledge you were drinking. It's the higher class of, of, of liquor, but it is the lowest of the higher class. So let's let's give it a shot. Let, let's see if it, if it holds muscle. You muster. could be drinking Yukon Jack or something. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> Doug Tyler says it looks remarkably like the fuel system cleaner sat to his car. <laughs> yeah, I, I would gather with that. Okay. It's got that charcoal aftertaste that that, well, that you get from Johnny that, that you get from Johnny Walker because of the barrels I believe. Yes. But uh, uh, bourbon must be made in freshly charred oaken barrels. Yes, exactly. But this one is nowhere near as smooth as some of the more expensive Johnny Walkers like oh, the yeah. blue and black and stuff like that. So yeah, I can't recommend it. If if, if you're going to get Johnny Walker, you know, get the higher class stuff. This 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 is just for you know, smuggling onto an airplane or something. Forgetting forgetting things, yeah. <laughs> Also, you can check his pass through Star Trek Online with Buck Fast McCool as he levels all the way through Star Trek Online. Uh, check out his StarCraft 2, Darkest Dungeon, which he will never play again because it crushed his soul. It did. I hate like, it. Like a car running over a, a raccoon. It was quite Ouch. sad. It was sad. I'm just saying that because I saw that today at Dead Raccoons. Anyway, uh, currently, uh, you, can't watch, you can watch him play Observer until he falls infinitely through the world and gives up. Yeah. Uh, you can also watch Amnesia Dark Tent and or Amnesia Machine for Pigs, both of which cool. are creepy. And I completed. Yes, but Thanks he's currently playing through Outlast. Which I ran into some troubles. Uh, I almost rage quit on my last stream <laughs> on Thursday. Duck and I says, why are we so mean to Heathen Dog? Because it's funny. How come, how come Harrison Ford gets beat up in every movie? Because it's entertaining. Yeah, all right, fair. <laughs> Uh, Heathen Dog is good at getting beat up, and so we let him do it. Yeah, and without last, uh, the last 30 minutes, let's see, I was beheaded, disemboweled, <laughs> run through, uh, had my neck slashed where I bled out. Um, I was impaled through the back. Oh, nice. And, it was the, and the cool thing was I, I looked down to see the blade through my chest, and I tried to grab it as I died. So, yeah, graphic. Mm-hmm. And we can thank yeah. Valdahar for that. Yes, Baldahar, uh, Baldahar and Amnesia uh, g- gifted the Legion of Myth with his largesse, and we thank him profusely. <laughs> we do appreciate it. Yes. All right, kids. Moving on to something a little more positive. We're going to talk about 
Come on, talk about it. Why aren't you playing? You should be playing. Why aren't you playing? You've played and made no sound. Why aren't you making sound? Make sound for me. Alright, we're going to work on this. Because I'm playing this. There we go. Thank you, computer. Garthon's comic poll. Where Garthon pulls comics and tells you about them. Alright. First up. Superman number 34. Written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Art was Ed Bennis, Doug Mankey, and Jack Herbert. Colors by Dine Raniero. And cover by Patrick Gleason and Dean White. That's Lucy Ribeiro. Someone cannot type. I need to get with my secretary on that. No, it's 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 production. It's, it's Max Liao. He's a producer. Yeah, let's blame him. Yeah, yeah. date editors. All right. In the last issue, Superman, uh, Lex Luthor got zapped away back to Apocalypse because in a previous story arc, he became the god of Apocalypse. He hated Apocalypse, so he skedaddled the hell out of there. Apocalypse sucks. It does suck. It. Um, but it turns out in the meantime, Apocalypse underwent a civil war since they had no leader since Darkseid, well, is currently a baby. Long story. Mm. So, no one's ruling Apocalypse. All the different factions are go to war. Uh, everything's just going even as bad as Apocalypse is, it gets worse. Wow. So, the people there said, you know what? We need our great and glorious leader back. And they teleported Lex Luthor's butt back. Um, Lex Luthor had a plan set up, and his plan was, if anything should happen like that to him, he would get he would call Superman to help him. If Superman didn't come to him, his robots would go to Superman and teleport Superman to wherever he was. Not a bad plan. Mm. So Unless Superman says, nah, suck it. Well, that's why you send the robots to teleport him against his will. And then he shows up and is just really mad. And being Superman, he's still gonna help you. He's just gonna be really mad. Yeah, he's gonna be upset about it, but it's not gonna <laughs> care. You're not gonna care because you're gonna get help. That's right. <laughs> Duncan Baldhar says Secret Empire version. No more ah, Secret Empire again. No, I, I have to go for a second because uh, I yeah, have to, I, I know. Uh, turn I know. off my. I know. Turn off my, just, just turn it off. Go, go. Yeah, I will. Thank go, you. go. And there's no Age Dragon spell. Yeah, run. There that. is. There is. There is. I, I will find it for you. Well, I, I, it, fine. It, it, it could be in Dark Sun. I, I, I was telling people that while you were gone. It could be in Dark Sun. Dark but... Sun's not a real game. It, it, I'm kidding. Up. I'm kidding. I like Dark All Sun. Right. Anyway, so. Unfortunately, when Luthor teleported Superman back to join him, um, he was walking with his wife, Lois Lane, and his son, John. So it kind of says, Luthor is to Superman as Captain Ross is to the player in STO. <laughs> ah, the SSF missions. Yes, that is very true. That is very true, actually. It's scary. Anyway, and if you're not familiar with current Comic-Con duty, Lex Luthor is kind of a good guy. He's a good guy, but he's still kind of like on the edge where you wonder when he's going to flip and be evil. Or he'll do something. It's like, look, I saved this puppy, but he has a broken leg. You know, something like that. Not that bad. You know, anyway, he's good, but evil. It's, you know, he could have Froyo, but it is cursed. But it comes with sprinkles, but the sprinkles are also cursed. Um, anyway, so he teleports them. Unfortunately, the teleportation wasn't set to teleport three people. Because he's basically using Mother Box technology to make a boom tube, and it wasn't ready for three people, especially when they're fighting to get away from it. And so they all ended up separated. This issue deals with what happened to the separated parties, mainly with Lois Lane. Lois Lane gets separated and sees Granny Goodness and the female Furies uh, smacking a bunch of people around and saying, Dogs, how dare you? And, you know, she's on Apocalypse, like, go oh, hell. All right. So she's smart. She hangs out. She waits. It's like, I don't want any part of this. Being a reporter, I know this kind of situation you just observe. 
try not to be seen. And she tries that, and granny goodness and the female furies buzz off. Uh, she thinks she's safe, and she's jumped from behind. When she wakes up, she's been captured. <laughs> Duncan I says, I saved this puppy. It looks sad. So I gave it a bath and shaved it like a poodle. Here's your dog back. Now it's a poodle. Anyway. um, So she actually ends up getting captured by the furies. Who don't like her. But they're just like, you're not from here. You look like a human. And you're really well fed. So we know you're not from here. But you know what? We're just going to take you to our torture pits and uh, torture you. Because that's what we do. Because we're evil. There's a little more to it than that. Uh, while being transported back with the rest of their their slaves, uh, they get attacked by a giant uh, grub worm of some kind. A big dune-looking sandworm. And it's like, like, oh no! And it starts breathing fire on them because that's cool. And this is apocalypse and cool stuff like that happens. The uh, the person Lois Lane is chained to gets uh, gets wiped out. So she's kind of free. She's like, oh hell! And she's like, we're all gonna die because everyone's like, she's like, fight back! We gotta fight back! And one of the Furies gets hit, so she grabs her gun, starts fighting back. The Furies all ticked off. You cannot take my gun! And then she takes her gun back and gets melted down by the worm. So she grabs the gun again, and she starts yelling. And she figures out it's the only vulnerable spot to the eye. Starts telling her to shoot the eyes of the worm. They all do it. They kill the worm. It's like, yay, we did it! Huzzah! Huzzah! And then Granny Goodness is staring at her. It's like, you know what? You actually show you have courage and intelligence, and you're able to think in your feet. And she, like, throws her the armor from the Fury who dies. So said, here, welcome to the Furies. Darth Gaul says, shopkeeper, you get your choice of toppings, Homer. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzate. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Homer looks puzzled. Shopkeeper, that's bad. I go home now. I loved that episode. That was funny. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, so Granny Good is tossing her the armor of the Fury got killed and basically tells her, welcome to the Furies. Considering her options are welcome to the Furies or be a slave, she takes welcome to the Furies. That seems like a good choice out of two really bad choices. Because she knows that, the, uh, and she actually has a little minor dialogue internal to herself that this is what she's doing because, you know, because she has to at this point. She has to survive. And Granny Goodness sees her, like, looking distantly to the distance and brings her some of the cooked wormy and says, here, eat this. We don't get deep meat very often. So remember, you're a fury now. You're family. And there's nothing more important than family. To which Lois agrees. So that was actually a neat little arc for Lois in this book where she ended up being thrust into the Furies. That's why she's wearing the armor with the LL written on it. Right. Lois Lane. Kind of cool. Got it. Um, Got it. The book also... But with the Superman outline shield thing. That was nice. Yeah, it's nice. The uh, You see John gets ported to a different section where there's some guys have these crazy dogs with armor and they start attacking he's like oh hell no I am out of here and he flies off like you can't escape apocalypse Arr! he flies away that's all that happens with John really um, but with the Lex Luthor storyline I really like I like I like this book a lot I like the how they're showing different pieces they didn't spend too much time with John because they didn't need to he's just going to fly away to figure out what to do he gets more story next time Lois gets the long arc and Lex gets a pretty good one where he's like you see him with the people who teleported him back against his will. It's like, people, people, you don't need me. You can rule yourselves. They're like, no, we do need you. The entire place has gone to war since you've been gone. You're our God ruler. The prophecy said our God would come, and it was you. You fulfilled the prophecies. He's like, yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. I did do that. Hey, um, why don't, hey, uh, Lord Keeper, why don't you, for every, all the hundreds of people here, why don't you read the prophecies? like, I don't need to read them. I have them memorized. They're etched into my heart. 
he says, our savior will shall be born upon earth, and you know starts going to this stuff, and like he'll should be an orphan raised on a farm. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's now, this guy right here. Now ask me if that applies. You see him start messing with his gauntlet. Now ask me if that applies to me. Is that you? No. Then you press the button, and you, and you see like the bunk noise that the mother box always makes. Yep. And they're like, what? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before, before you all kill me, uh, let me tell you, I, did, I lied to you, yes, yes, but I only did that so I could bring to you your true leader. And then he, like, bows down and, like, you know, does the motion. Wow, what a D-bag move. <laughs> and that's... Talk about throwing someone under the apocalyptic <laughs> bus. And that's when yes. the, the boom tube opens up and Superman, against his will, pops out and says, Luther, what the hell did you do? I bring you Superman, the god of apocalypse. <laughs> Laters. <laughs> that's pretty much his plan at this point. Exit stage left. Yeah, yeah. got it. Um, so yeah, uh, he's bringing them the person they actually want. I, it's kind of a, it's not totally evil, but it is evil. He is saving his own skin. He did lie to them before they would have killed him. But he did kind of, the way he originally heard the prophecy kind of anyway. So I really like that ending. Superman's just yeah, all nice. PO'd. Lothar at this point honestly doesn't know about Superman's family. No. No, at, at this point, he thinks that everything worked exactly as planned, and Superman came here, and right on time, in fact, and it was all good. Right, and I expect Luther actually to be like, a little upset about messing with his family. Of course, he'll be upset and say, you know, if you just come like I had asked you initially, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It's kind of on you, which it isn't, but that's when you're a uh, narcissist psychotic. When you're a narcissist, that's what you're going to say. Yeah, it's on you, bro. <laughs> it's on oh, you. So I really liked this book. Um, the art was always spot on. Um uh, the artists, Ed Bennis, Doug Mankey, Jack Herbert, have done a great riff off of uh, King Jack the King Kirby. They're not trying to completely emulate, like they're not trying to draw like him, but you could definitely see they're trying to make Apocalypse look more like Kirby, which they should, because you can't do Apocalypse without instantly thinking of Kirby if you're any kind of comic fan. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I liked the writing of how Lois, how she was worried, but she's like, okay, I've been in firefights. I've handled a weapon. I can get through this. You know, she keeps calm. She's worried. She's scared, but she stays calm and tries. And I liked that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. She's not a damsel in distress. You know, but looking around, up, oh, no Superman. Well, guess I got to step up. Right, because her character has evolved from the oh Superman days, and it's been yeah, a very long. She's a mom story. now. Yeah, she's, she's a mom a... now. She she got that mom strength. Right, she's a mom. She's a ace reporter. She's been in firefights. She can handle herself. Yeah. And so they did a great job with this. I am going to give this... No, more than that. I'll give it four stars. I liked it that much. The art was always spot on. The coloring was great. The writing was sharp. I loved the characters, especially the way they write Luthor. Just tickled me pink. So, four stars. Uh, Sermon number 34. Really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. All right, wait, stop. Before we go to your next comic, guess what I found? Age Dragon. Age Dragon. Tome of Magic. Advanced Dungeon Dragon 2nd Edition. Okay. Age Dragon. 7th level pre-spell. All right. But as I said, it's not the PHB. Okay. It's not the PHB, but it is a written spell. It is a published Tome of Magic don't spell. count. Oh, my God. It was Unearthed Arcana. I'd let you have it. No, just kidding. Oh, stop it. That's 1st Edition. There's a 2nd Edition Unearthed Arcana. Actually, no, there's no 2nd Edition Unearthed no, Arcana. No You're right. Edition. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Tome of Magic. It's legit. Duncan I says, why isn't it a 4.5? Um, just because I thought the arc with John was a little weak, 
Well, they couldn't fit everything. Well, no, in I don't there. think they should have fit it all in, but they should have yeah. either done like less, just to let like a one panel let you know he's there, and then left that for later. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have to do the whole just fly away thing. You're like, what? What? Yeah, what? the art was good, but it didn't knock my socks off. Um, little, little. It's basically it's like little things stopped it at mm-hmm. this point. It's still a great, great book, and I do recommend it. Cool. So I would definitely say get if you're going to start reading Superman, go to the comic book store, get 33, get 34. Uh, it's really been a neat arc. This Imperious Lex storyline looks pretty good. This next book is also great. Batman White Knight issue two. It says one on the cover. I don't know why, because I I actually sent an image. Cover. Yeah, this, it's issue two. It says right there, issue two. Yeah, you have the same cover, and it says issue two, but the online version for some reason said one. Yeah. Right. Who knows why? All right. Written by Sean Murphy. Art by Sean Murphy. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. The cover by Sean Murphy. Uh, so if you have any issues with this book, you have no Sean further Murphy. to look than Sean Murphy. <laughs> Sean Murphy. There you go. <laughs> if you have issues with, oh, he's a different shade than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Well, that's Matt, Matt Hollingsworth. But this is Sean Murphy writing a Sean Murphy production of a Sean Murphy idea through a Sean Murphy book. I saw stars on the stream. Ah! Thank you, Duncan Idaho. I got too excited. I'm also sick. I'm running a fever. I'm not feeling good. As I said in the beginning of the pod, the beginning of the stream. I did it. Yeah, Brett got me sick. Heathen Dog made me sick. Through the internet. That's that's his power. Everyone watching right now is going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> but my evil knows no bounds. This book, issue one was to me a surprise. Just knocked me knocked my socks off. I just could not believe how good it was. Issue two. Oh, Droken's sick, too. I had to post a proponent of the roundtable. That sucks. Anyway, issue two I thought couldn't be as good as issue one. Issue two is better than issue one. Wow. Holy crap. In issue one, uh, basically this is an alternate world from normal Batman stories. Just accept that now. It's a Batman-Joker situation, alternate world. So it's like old, the old man Logan of Batman. Right. Um, Batman, uh, Joker has a definite name, Jack Napier. He has a definite backstory, failed stand-up comedian. Um... But in this book, last issue, saw Batman just knocking people over, tearing stuff up to get the Joker. And when he finally captures Joker in a pharmaceuticals factory, he starts forcing you – know, Joker, Joker's like, look, look, I'm trying to get help. That's why I'm here with these pills. Like, you want to get better, Joker? Eat the pills. So it's like shoving pills down his throat until he nearly chokes to death. Um, after that, Joker – Joker claims the pills actually made him sane. They actually worked. And he ends up suing Gotham. Over... He, he should be thanking Batman for, for medicating him. Now, he was trying to medicate himself, actually. He was already on that path. Yeah, but it, it was it was Batman's forcibly of random... Batman nearly killed him. But also, it. Batman, all the property damage he caused, people he injured trying to pursue Joker. Like, Joker never actually killed anyone in this storyline. He's never oh. done that. Okay. But, like, all the stuff, like, they'll, like, he actually claims like he was framed for a lot of murders just so Batman would have an excuse to go after him so that the police could get more funding... Because look, this vigilante has to do our job because we have fun. Basically, he, especially issue two, he actually goes into a long thing about how there's a whole corrupt political system around the Joker being the bad guy. That he was locked in an insane asylum, which drove him crazier, and was released to go commit crimes to create a perpetual cycle so that all the bigwigs and this, these corrupt oh, politicians keep getting fed. Oh, so that, they're trying to explain the Arkham's revolving door. Yes, he's saying he okay. was purposely released. So they could be pursued, knowing he was sick, knowing he had problems. 
Uh, and there's and the way all this is set up is actually logical enough. You go, I actually buy that. By the way, say and the way they're actually and this actually so after he gives this big speech, he actually he gets put on trial. He gets uh, found innocent of crimes because he was temporarily insane. He's fine so, under medication. He has pending lawsuits. Uh, the whole GCPD is just freaking out. And he goes and after this he goes home to Zoinko's Joke Factory, where he lives. Which have which brings up one of there are so many favorite moments in this book. One of my favorite moments in this book, where he walks in the door, and there's Harley Quinn. It's like ah, Daddy's home. It's like uh, Harley. It's like ah, look at your face, look at that freak. Ah! But she's all mad. He's not wearing his makeup and wants him to put his makeup on. It's like come on, do the makeup, then we'll have sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is really sad because he did this to her. Uh... And then he says no, and she starts beating the crap out of him. Like, look, look, I'm taking these pills. And he's like, no, no, there was your head. You don't need them. It's like, it's like, he's like, he's like, but pudding. It's like, I'm not your pudding. And she's like beating the crap out of him. And then all of a sudden, from nowhere, she gets kicked in the head. And you look who kicked her in the head? Harley Quinn. The in the old costume. What? Saying, "Hey, you Jack, apology accepted." And then you see this, the other Harley say, "You you left, and now I'm taking him back. He needs a violent cheerleader with a bigger rack. I don't think so. And don't get started on that kind of clothes. That's a real step back for feminism. Get a straight sister. You love the Joker. I love Jack. You loved his flaws. I love him despite his flaws. Now the security's mine. So buzz off." Okay, what happened? That is really they actually go into that is really meta and I love it. Um they go into the backstory that he starts going like, "Wait, wait, wait, you're Harley? There are two Harleys and I didn't even know? What the?" And she was in the backstory like she fell in love with him when he was an inmate at Arkham and she was Dr. Harley Quinzel. Yeah. And when she ended up going with him doing the crime sprees, all that stuff was freeing. Yeah, it was illegal, but she felt free for the first time. She fell in love with him cuz through their sessions, he saw the person behind the Joker. But the longer they were together, the more and more she saw the Joker become more and more dominant. And he became completely obsessed, and she realized that he didn't love her. He was actually psychotically in love with the Batman. Mm. And that's when she just, one day she just couldn't take it anymore. And she just left him. And that's when so this, who's this other one? She's some other psychotic who is insane and in love with the Joker. And just his, the crazier he was, the more violent he was, the more she liked it. The more she was... Wait, wait, when did this happen? I don't understand when this happened. Well, I gotta remember, this is an alternate world. Oh, okay, 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 got it, okay, got it. But basically, if you're looking at like a world, it happened like in between when the editors decided to go from, or the writers decided to go from the old style Harley to the new sluttier Harley. So that's basically like, it's it's very meta in that it's a statement like this is how Harley was, and then she became an idiot cheerleader. She went from the sidekick who was a psychiatrist going along with his plans to this sluttier Harley. Yes, Baldahar. Baldahar says it's sluttier Harley. What do you mean? Yes. No, sluttier Harley. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The the, so, the Harley uh, in the Suicide Squad yes. is now being dragged off by hyenas. Well, she has to leave. They don't kill her. Um, I didn't say they did, but so being dragged off be, by, by hyenas can't be cool. Yeah, so basically because he was so insane, he never bothered to he look. Knew. Yeah, he never knew it. Darth Gaul says he likes it. You yeah. should. 
Thank you, Darth Gall. Yeah, it, the way you really should read the book, because I'm not doing it justice, just uh, Baldur likes it too. Yeah, I, you really should read this book. The way it is presented was so brilliant. When I saw it, I just got this huge grin. I just sat there laughing, you know, and it was just, and the way the art is presented and the way it's kind of surprising, everything's there. Yeah, actually, uh, the, the this this old Harley, like old Harley, yeah, uh, seems seems a lot more like the like the Harley Quinn that was in the Batman the animated series. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, which which, which wasn't slutty. She wasn't she wasn't uh, she wasn't demeaned or anything like well, that. Well, there was though an episode like, where she says, "Come on, Mister James, yeah. you want to ride your Harley?" Vroom vroom. You know, it was yeah, still exactly. kind of there, there, there were some other stuff just 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 right. Just to they make were her definitely happy. lovers, but yeah, yeah, but you know, but she wasn't she wasn't a horribly beaten woman and right traumatized. Well, by there was an issue. Where... Okay, okay, okay. There was a couple of problems. There was an episode but... where he threw out of a window because she didn't get the joke. Yeah. Yeah, was that in the animated series? That was in the animated series. Okay, well then there's one, but for 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 the most part, she was she was a strong enough woman. Right. There was a time when he left when she he uh she left him to go yeah. hang out with uh Poison Ivy. Right. Which turned into nowadays, all of a sudden they're they're Poison Ivy and Harley are slutty lovers, which was never presented before. But ever no. since she went super slutty, yeah. Yeah. Even though that was never part of Harley Poison Ivy's character either. Hey, whatever. You gotta draw two hundred. I mean, she didn't like men to begin with. That, that was that was. Well, she only really liked canon. plants, but all of a sudden she likes anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Women have flowers. I guess so. <laughs> but anyway, this was a brilliant setup, and then those two start, and she's like, "Okay, now we're together. We can help each other, and you can be the person, the good person. I know you are on the inside." And they start working together, and she, they both ditch the cost. You know, she ditches her costume as well. They start using the legal system to go after their enemies. And then it goes to, like, Bruce Wayne, you know, who is, like, a much angrier, uh, very Dark Knight Bruce Wayne. Oh, my gosh, the guy who wrote Dark Knight just totally went out of my brain. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, there, there's no Robin to temper him. They actually go into a story. Uh, do you know... Uh, there is there is a Robin with Batman, and that's actually a story where the Tim Drake Robin, the one who uh, got killed in the normal continuity. Yes. Uh, in this continuity, they talk. Harley talks about one of the last straws was she found because Batman wasn't paying enough attention to him. She found Joker one day in the basement with Robin, and he was torturing him to death. It was Tim Drake. Wait, 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 wait. Who was torturing whom now? Uh, Joker was okay. torturing right. Tim Drake yeah, Robin. I was, I was I was worried I didn't yeah. get the pronoun. No, it was going to kill him, and she freaked out, told him to stop. He's like, no, 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 I have to. So she, um, then Batman came in and busted the place up. That's because she told the Batman. She actually went to the Gotham City PD rooftop, turned on the bat signal, told Batman where Joker was and where Robin was and what was going on. And because Darth of Gull says Frank Miller. Yeah, Frank Miller. Thanks, Darth Gall. I appreciate that. God, how could I forget that? But yeah, this is very much a Frank Miller style Batman, and it's like kind of angry a little. He's not old, but he's just very like. Mm. But anyways, yeah. So she she turned on the bats and old told. Yeah, it's old bats. Bats broke it up. Uh, bat, bats nearly beat Joker to death that time. But when they went there, Tim Drake was gone. Joker didn't kill him, but he wouldn't say what happened to him. And when she tells the story to the cured Joker, Jack Napier, he's like, I don't remember any of that. I was someone else. I. I wish I did. I wish I could tell you what happened. I don't know. 
She's like, I don't think you killed him. I don't even as Joker, that wasn't really your nature. But no one knows what happened to him. So I, and, but they managed because when he's asking where you've been, she tells him that story. It's like when he went to Arkham and you know for life, and she actually went to prison and got a lighter sentence because she, you know, told everyone where he was and what was going on. Mm. And so at that point, that's when they kind of separated. But anyway, there's a great scene where Bruce Wayne ends up going to some fancy fundraiser party. And you start seeing where his kind of head is at. He's in this Bruce Wayne persona. He, and he brought this fancy uh, car for auction. And there's sure. this real prick of a rich dude there um, who is just the biggest jerk. Um, I gotta look it up. That's so good. But he shows up. He's like, oh, Bruce, that's a very generous donation. And he just ignores like, hey, hey, Veronica. Oh, she's a beauty old boy. Would you have something less expensive? His girlfriend's like, Pierce? But the whole time, like, this guy's egging Bruce on with just little backhanded, snide little comments hiding behind his bodyguard. And they start watching this report on TV where it shows Joker and Harley, who, uh, I just love the way Harley looks right there. The big sunglasses, the big glasses, you know, short hair. And they're saying, sure. it wasn't the police who gave me my freedom, nor was it my own plea. It was the people of Gotham, especially the poor middle class who embraced my message, for they were oppressed, the oppressed 99% who are not, not affected by Gotham's corruption. They deserve the settlement, not us. And what about Batman? Batman is a pit bull. Well, he's the pit bull of the 1%. His actions helped protect the business. As usual, while minorities and Bruce Wayne's like yelling, shut that off! And <laughs> Pierce, who's a jerk, is like, well, Joker's getting a charity in Blackport. He's opening, he just announced he's opening a library in uh, Backport, the most downrodden part of the Gotham. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, he's opening a library in Blackport? How droll. And Wayne looks at him, it's called Backport. Well, he's right about the Batman, though. I've made millions off him in real estate. Real estate? Oh, yeah, Batman usually fights crimes in the poor neighborhoods, which are then labeled Bat Impact Zones, which drops the price even more. So, these zones receive grants in order to rebuild. The trick is to buy right after a zone is declared, then flip it after the taxpayers put the bill for repairs. You're profiting on the war on crime? Everyone here is doing it, Bruce. Crime is the best bet in Gotham. To which he beats the crap out of this guy, and then leaves the party. (laughs) Nice! (laughs) So, he's a psycho. Well, no, but, no, that dude was a tool. Yeah, that dude deserved it. And yeah, it's just, he, he had a beaten coming, you just and it see was that he's for a long time. He sidestepped it quite a bit, I think. He's fuming over what Joker's doing, making him look like the bad guy. And then he finds out that Joker's actually kind of right. That this guy's profiting off Batman's war on crime. And he just can't take it. Punches that dude in the face. His body comes out and punches just bam, backhands him in the face. And then he's like, yeah, I'm out of this party. He leaves. Like I said, this book is. There's even more to this book. I'm not even going to go that into. That sounds like a whole lot of crap. That's really cool in this book. If it doesn't get five stars, I'm I'm shutting off my camera. Ah, there's the book into the surprise ending where it looks like maybe he's still a little evil, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to read it. Um, I am five starring this book. Um, uh, Dark Souls. I'm trying to make you more Ben Affleck. Shoot, <laughs> Ben Affleck. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's actually. I wouldn't That's say not no. Far from the truth. I mean, I, I can see similarities as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to that, actually, Darth Maul. No, Ball. no. I, I, yeah, it, it depends on how the next couple books goes, but yeah, yeah, I mean, 
uh, he he could easily be manipulated into doing something really stupid, just like Ben Affleck Batman was. Yep. So I'm giving five stars to Batman White at number two. This is like the second or third book I've ever given five stars to. It is so freaking amazing. Mm. Um, the art is dynamic and fits every panel. The fits the way the story is. Uh, the way that things are placed in panels is all on purpose. There's nothing is random with this. It's almost like the guy has some sort of doctorate in how to write a comic. I'm not saying everything he's ever done is brilliant or will be, but right now... Sean Murphy, right now, he apparently had a muse on his shoulder or something, and he hit gold, and he kept digging, and he kept getting gold! Issue 1 was fantastic. Issue 2 is even better. I couldn't believe it. Um, Just love the hell out of this. Highly recommended. Batman White Knight, number 2. Nice. All right. Next up, last book today, Captain America, number 695. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Mark Spencer is gone. Nick Spencer is gone. Good God, he was bad. Yes, thank gosh. So, Mark Wade, now writing. Uh, artist, Chris Samney. Uh, he took over art last issue. Uh, color, Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson. And this cover is Chris Samney and Matt Wilson. Chris well, he's Samney's... probably not dead, Duncan Idaho. He's just gone from, from Captain America. He's yeah, he's just gone. Captain. I don't care where he's gone as long as it's not in a book no, I'm reading. As long as he's far away and do- doesn't touch a comic for a while. Just so fine. you know, Nick Spencer is responsible for Secret Empire. Yes. He, he's the man who did that. He's the man who sold it. He shielded it, and people bought it. That was bad. Well, no, no. I'm not saying actual people bought it. I'm saying executives. Yeah, they thought it'd be a great idea. And then they sold into it and they, they drank the Kool-Aid and hopefully they're all dead. You know, you don't Wait, see no, there, no. The, you know, they don't have a go up say, hey, what if we take Superman and put him in charge of the Nazis and then Superman leads a new Third Reich through America? No one's going to say, oh, brilliant. And then at the end, we'll have We'll have him, like, split in two, like in Superman 3. Then he'll punch himself out, and it'll be fine. No! Yep. Just fine. Ah. Anyway. Chris Samney, I didn't like his art last issue, uh, because that was still Nick Spencer book. It didn't work. But, right. weirdly enough, with Mark Wade writing, it works for the tone Is of the story. Is that really weirdly enough? Yes, actually. Really? The tone Why? of the story completely changes. And so this almost... It looks almost golden age, almost four-color art. Really fits the story Mark Wade is telling in The Home of the Brave Part 1. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like having having Lucifer write for a while and then, <laughs> you know, someone who's not Lucifer come in and go, oh, no, everyone else seems to click better with this not Lucifer guy. Well, that's probably true. That's <laughs> definitely part of it. The last artist, I can't remember his name, was really good. But anyway. So this book I really enjoyed. It's a great new kind of rebirth for Captain America because he needs one. God help me after that last thing. Um, it starts off like with a 10 years ago where uh, Steve Rogers is rolling into well, – it wasn't Bismarck. What's the name of the city? Some podunk town in Nebraska. Uh, Burlington. Into Burlington, Nebraska. Right. He rolls in there. And they are being, and all of a sudden, they are being attacked by a bunch of uh, neo-Nazis, uh, a bunch of fifth colonists, what do they call themselves. They, they have their stupid, stupid name. Uh, come on, come on. Is it the Fountainhead? Nothing. No, it's not the Fountainhead. Just kidding. Uh, sorry, I had this written down, but I lost it. 
D- Duncan Idaho has a has a theory that uh, the reason they did Secret Empire was to make every other iteration of Marvel look better. It's like the new Coke. Yes. <laughs> uh Crystal Coke. Crystal Pepsi. They had Crystal Pepsi. Crystal. That was Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, it was that Crystal stuff Coke. was awesome. Crystal Pepsi. Uh, the Rampart is what these uh, neo Nazis called themselves. The Rampart. So the All Rampart right. goes and attacks a bunch of people. Uh, you know, goes decides to take over the town hall. You know, right in the middle of when these kids are going through this. Of course, there's a there's always a tour group going through town hall. So they decide to take over town hall. It's like they're saying, "We control America. We control this." And all of a sudden, you know, Captain America busts and starts being a few, busting them all up. Says, "If you control all this, you don't even control the town hall. That's why you're taking over this town hall. You don't even control this little town. You control nothing. You no one agrees with you. You guys are evil and you're punks." And he starts beating them up. And there's this little girl, and even a smaller boy. And it's like, "Hey, you need to protect him." And she's like, "Why? Because you're bigger than him. You're stronger than him. And because of that, you need to protect him, help him out." And so he goes back fighting guys, and she's like jumping in front of something because it looks like the kid's about to get hurt. It's like, no. And then he jumps in front of her because she's going to get shot and just flex the bullet. Says, all right, that was brave, but you got to be careful with that. Cause, but you're lucky because I'm here to protect you. That's how it works. Yeah. And, you know, I'm bigger than you, so right, I'm bigger than you. you. So you're it's just, bigger than him, so you protect him. Again, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a little. You're, you're, you're also teaching little kids to jump in front of bullets and stuff. So well, he kind of like there. tried to lay that like, look, you shouldn't like jump in front of bullets. Let's be a little smarter about this. Um. But, you know, he beats up the bad guys, saves the day, and he leaves. And then it comes, like, to, you know, current day, and he's ro- everyone's like, because when he's leaving, it's like, yay, Captain America's the best, he's so great, yay! When he rolls back in, you see him, like, as Steve Rogers, driving back into town, and says, welcome to Captain America, Nebraska! What? Because they renamed the town after him. Okay. <laughs> um, and he's there for the annual Captain America celebration! There's an annual... Okay. Yep, there's Fine. an annual... Cap- yeah, I'll show you a picture real quickly. Right, it's not right. a big picture. Yep, annual right. Captain America celebration. There's vendors, there's cards, hey. there's merch. Okay. It's well, not a Duncan, huge... I- Duncan Idaho... Uh, says, Godzilla would, would not jump in front of Captain America. Go- Godzilla doesn't care about Captain America. Captain America wouldn't need it. Well, he needed to protect... Superman from- Superman would, would cross over... <laughs> Into the Marvel Universe to save Captain America. Well, even Superman couldn't protect him from Nick Spencer. Anyway. Nothing nothing can protect anyone from Nick Spencer. But he goes to this festival, and he ends up, like, talking with the people there. Like, the hot dog vendor, you know, is like... Like, some people actually see him, like, are you here for the cosplay contest? He's like, what? You look look a lot like Steve Rogers. You you look just like him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, ha, that's funny. Because, you know, he has a public ID. He's like, yeah, maybe I will. Uh, Doug and I host dreams are shattered. <laughs> the, uh, but he like talks to the hot dog vendors like, so you believe in it too? Like, believe in what? Captain America? I don't think he's real. I'm like, what? I'm like, come on, guy shows up like he was frozen in the ice for since World War II. No, no way, man. That guy's a government plant. You know, so I enjoy that. Like the conspiracy theories. Like, I yeah, can see. Funny. Yeah. Well, also you can see if something like that happened in the real world. There'd be a million internet theories that he was oh, a government yeah. plant the or a clone. The internet would be rife with like, no, oh. he's an alien. He yeah. can rip his face off. He's 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 like it's like a V alien. You know, he probably eats mice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to make everyone forget that yeah. wasn't he evil? You know, didn't he? Wasn't he? Didn't he like, take over the take over America for a little bit there? You know, so. Uh, but then, after that, you know, he's. He starts watching lizard people like like in V. That's right, Darth like, Gaul. That's right. Lizard V. Yeah, lizard, lizard folk. But 
he starts watching these people like get on like this little stage and go to the microphone and say, uh, these stories like, I remember when I was a little boy, you know, there's a fire. You know, basically, like, he was in New York and there was a fire and Captain America went through the flames and saved him from the burning building. And then, and then even covered with ashes and soot and piece of fire still on him, he went back in for more people. And all these people are getting their little stories, some longer than others, about how Captain America rescued them or rescued a friend or stood up for injustice or something. And, uh, Doug I says, don't make this company with already crazy conspiracy theories. Have enough time since Secret Empire. <laughs> uh, Too soon. All Too these, soon. But all these little people have little things like why Captain America's impact on them. Like he says we're all thinking. One guy says he's crazy handsome. And he does it all without power armor. You know, all these little things that Captain America does to well, protect Well, now people. his suit is pretty awesome. Well, his suit doesn't do fair. much, really. Well, no, but it's very protective. It's, it's like chainmail. Field and layers of, of like super metal or something. Yeah, whatever. But you know, he doesn't have power armor. He's like the. No, he doesn't have power armor. He doesn't need power. He has super soldier serum. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, come on, let's not nitpick. The uh, that's my job. No. Oh, but while this is all going on, you know, people are like, all of a sudden, like one of the guys about to talk gets pushed out of the way with a microphone, and these guys show up in Rampart uniforms, like you see on the cover. And these guys show up. Hi. You think this is a... And they're like, costume, co- the costume shows not yet, and that's like in really bad taste. Like, you think this is a costume? A masquerade? No, we are the Rampart. We were embarrassed 10 years ago. Now we will make you all pay because we are still tough and in charge. And, you know, they pull out a bunch of guns about to gun the crowd down. And then, of course, Catchbreaker's shield comes, cracks all the guns. And they're like, uh, what? And he looks at them. And he's like, he puts on his mask, starts to beat the crap out of them. And he's like, you think this is a coincidence that I'm here when you're attacking? Because the first thing I said when reading this, when he starts, the rampart shows up and he beats them all. I was like, wait, he didn't know about this celebration. He's never been here. He just happens to be there where the bad guys show up. Come on. Come on. But he says, actually says, you think this is a coincidence I was here? I have an intelligence network, you know. I knew you were coming. You freaking idiots. And so he... Beats the heck out of them. And one of them's like, yeah, you can't defeat us. We're the Rampart. And he's like, well, if you're just so powerful, tell me about it. He's like, oh, you'll learn more about the Rampart. And then he pulls out the switch. And, of course. The blo- switch? He pulls out a switch and blows himself up. Cap uses his shield to, the, you know, at the impact point. So it deflects around, you know, so the crowd isn't hurt. And after the dust clears, you know, everyone starts like, yeah, Captain America, say it, everyone again. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, okay, I did my part, yeah, but I have a shield. I'm a superhero. Look at this person over here. This person ran through a hail of gunfire to help to to, co- to shield this child over here with their own body. This person was going through flames to pull someone out to try and treat the injured. This you know, starts putting all these other people. Look what all these people are doing. They're doing more than I am. Everyone does their part, and if everyone does their part, things get better. We can all help each other out, and that's what it means. Because someone said, oh, you're an inspiration. Why? Because I'm tall. I have a shield. No, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And then at the very end, you see the little girl, now grown up, who's talking to. And he says, that's what's right. The strong protect the weak. Never forget that. And you see that same girl saying, well, that's the rule. Welcome back. And he salutes and drives off into the sunset. Aww. I loved this story because it was a beautiful, self-contained, almost re-announcement of Captain America's back. This is what Captain America stands for. He fights the bad guys. He stands for what's right. And he's not going to go and jump out and say, yay, me, Captain America. Look what everyone does. Together we make things better. And I just couldn't love it more. Mark Wade did a great job 
bringing back what is Captain America after Nick Spencer drug it through the dirt like a bastard who should never be allowed to write another comic book. That made us a little harsh. He should only be allowed to write Al-Qaeda propaganda. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say that, but... um, No, 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 no. It would be great because he sucks at writing. So the Al-Qaeda propaganda would suck butt. But Nick Spencer has written good books. His his Captain America run was a god-awful mistake. And I don't know how he sold them on Secret Empire. The guy must be a yeah. hell of a salesman. He has a brain tumor, I think. Nick Spencer? That's yeah, too bad. he should probably get that looked at. He should probably get a scan. But, because, you know, no, you're joking. Okay. No, just, the guy must be a heck of a salesman. But, are you sure that Nick Spencer is a real person, not a person I've been for? No, he's a real guy. He's written other books that were actually good. His Captain America run was not good. Yeah. He, the, uh, the, 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 the brain tumor thing is recent. Apparently. Oh, that's real? That sucks. Poor guy. No, I, I don't know it's real. I oh. just made it up. Oh, I made it up as an excuse for this. For his horrible writing. But Mark Wade seems to get Catch America far more than Nick Wade. Seems to get the idea. The idea. The, the freaking. How can anyone not get the idea of Captain America? It's not, it's actually kind of because cool, Captain America is not a rah rah. America's always the best. You know, flag waving, punching who disagrees. You know. No, no. Throughout Ca- all, of... Captain America is is the little guy right. who became the big guy, but has the little guy values. That's right. always what he's been. Exactly. And to be fair, Marvel, uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe got him right. They, mostly, mostly. Mo- well, right enough to be true enough. Yeah. You know, like well, uh, he was a little guy, he became the big guy, but he still has little guy sensibility. He he understands that that uh, if you want if you want things to get better, you have to you have to buck up, son. And, and do your part. Everyone does their part. And then the whole big, the big ideas get done. That's been, that's always been Captain America. Nick Douchebag didn't understand that. And right. he ruined, he tried to ruin the whole thing. And that's what it and seemed now, like. He's like, he was trying and, to ruin Captain America. Yeah, exactly. And, and now Marvel's doing cleanup. Right. And I want to say as a kind of a relaunch with Marvel Legacy, issue 695, old numbering. I think Mark Wade knocked out of the park in bringing it home to what Captain America is, what he represents, why he's yep. a hero for everyone. And yep. because of that, it's getting another five stars. Whoa! First time ever. First time ever. Whoa, twice in one day. I, I oh know. My God. That's more five stars than I've given out the whole year. Yes. Um, but both of these books just respectively for what they're trying to do, just knocked out of the park. Uh, Mark, uh, Chris Samney's art matched the story and tone so well. I was able to convey the ideas through almost that almost a golden age style of art that it just works so well. Um, I was just in love with this book after, cause I had some, I was skeptical. Um, I saw the, what was going on, but yeah, just, I really just can't say enough good things about it. If I had, if, you, if someone asked me, which do I like more Batman, white Knight, or Captain America, I'd probably go with the Batman one, but I love them both five stars. 10 out of 10, five stars, highly recommended, just fantastic. I'm not saying the next book's going to be great. I think the next White Knight's going to be great. But that's Catch Me I don't know. But they have a great jumping off point. Mark Wade really, really, for such a simple story. Hit it out of the park. Absolutely. Easy with Absolutely. This yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a simple story, but he put so much heart into it. Right. That, and it did yeah. what needed to be done. You could say, well, it was, this was pandering. It, not after everything that's gone on. No, no. After all the crap that happened before, this is what was needed. Yep. So five stars. Five stars. And that is it for Garthon's Kongful. If you agree or disagree, let us know. 
uh, through various means. But for right now, you could follow Garthon's Confl uh, every Legion with live stream, uh, weekly live stream, Saturday night. Uh, you can check out my team-ups in Star Trek Online and Secret World Legends with that heathen yes. dog cat. He's entertaining at times. Eh. <laughs> you know, eh. Eh. if you see him, I wouldn't punch him. <laughs> eh. Well, depending. Um, Easy. <laughs> yeah, you check out past streams that are on uh, Twitch. Some are on YouTube. Uh, Faust 14 and the Banner Saga, which did a great job of kicking me in the nuts and making me sad. It did, but you did finish it. I and did, and had a great Viking. Key. It had a great Viking ending. Yes, great it did. Viking ending, and that's what happens. But uh, you didn't update your current stream, but you're starting tomorrow. What is it? Ah, next uh, next stream is going to be War Machine Tactics, starting tomorrow. War Machine Tactics, starting at tomorrow. Ten at Eastern. Ten Eastern. Nine, nine Central. Uh, nine Central. That's yes. right. All right. Um, Duncan Ido says, "Would this have been a five star if Secret Empire hadn't just dragged Cap through the mud? Not a crazy conspiracy story, about context." If not That's for fair. that, That's it fair. probably would have been a four, four and a half. But yes. you got to look at something in context. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, but with everything that's gone on, and even if you added like real world, what's happening, this was a great book. Five star. Just perfect. Uh, so, good question, Duncan Idaho. Thank you. All right. RNG. Is there anything you want to talk about randomly? Besides your lack of knowledge of second edition D&D spells? No. Uh, of obscure spells from the Tome of Magic? Tome of Magic, this was a seminal book. You see, you seminal might have... All right. All right, okay. You might have, like, lived high on the hog in your high-class world with your butlers and your mansions. <laughs> but for those of us who lived in El Hudo, right, <laughs> who went to Alhambra High School and learned the sound of gunfire, who knew... When the sirens hit the streets, you stayed low. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you saying that you're you're punishing me because my parents knew to not live in a war zone? You had two parents. Oh, stop. Ah, oh, see, no, see, when you're when when you all be all fancy and rich like that, you could get a tome of magic. I was lucky to have a player's handbook held together with duct tape. Held together with duct tape. I joined the Air Force, get shot at less. Okay, <laughs> that's true, and that that was a good. Plan. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked. I I wasn't shot at at all. It was well, great. Well, the funny thing about that is my wife didn't believe me like the neighborhood I grew up in, and then I actually showed it to her, and she's like, "Oh my God, why are there so many bars around that school?" Well, that's where I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> because you needed the bars to you know decompress uh, from school. The bars kept the students out, you know, from getting to the general populace. That's it was important. <laughs> it didn't stop the drive-bys though. Because when they do the drive-by, the bars stop you from running. Uh, just so you know, kids. Yeah, yeah, and they right. know there's metal detectors there. So they know you don't got any anyway. There's only a couple drive-bys senior year. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I grew up in a place that did not have metal detectors. See, how could you go to a high school without metal detectors and drive-bys? Uh, sorry, Come man. On. It's a lot of other people <laughs> did that. I don't see how. I really... <laughs> Um, but as we're talking about the RNG, I really don't have anything this week. I've just been so busy with work. It's been crazy. Oh, and you've been sick. Yeah. And I'm sick, which just yeah. started happening yesterday. And I'm, I've been self-medicating with a uh, Marsh family cough syrup. Which is very much like, uh, it's liquor. pretty much whiskey. 
That's fine. Doug Hodges says in his school they had lanyard IDs. That was his security. Darth Gall backs me up and can verify the Alhambra drive bys. Yes, he can. <laughs> you had lanyard IDs. Really? I didn't have that. I mean, I had a school ID. I never actually took out of my drawer. I mean, it, did, it didn't mean anything. I, it didn't get me anything. It didn't do... <coughs> Excuse me. No, uh, you needed your school ID to buy school supplies from the school store, which were uh, overpriced nonsense crap like pencils for $2 and, and erasers for $7. It was it was just a grab that I, I couldn't really wait, get behind wait, so I you, never used you got it. detention for not wearing your lanyard that sounds like some kind of weird like george orwell school that's a little weird yeah, yeah, I mean, like, identification yeah no one can vouch for you respond to your numbers <laughs> <laughs> you they, were, yeah. they didn't call your name in class like number three three five time two i served in the I served in the same room as National Honor Society beating he had to attend Quincy. So he served attention during yeah, his honor yeah, society. He, he was in the National Honor Society. <laughs> That's and awesome. He was, he was uh, put in detention for not having the lanyard. That's and literally awesome. every teacher knew who he was. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is really great. Oh. That is really great. He uh, Delta Hart got detention for going to school late too many times. Well, that's what happens, dude. That's that's how That's how it rolls, you know? So I stopped going to first period class. Yeah, that's a good plan. I did that for a while. No, I I loved my first period. It was great. It was e it was ecology. I hated all school. Well, you had ecology. Yeah, what kind of school uh, we've you already go established to? that we grew up in different areas. All right, we've already established that. There's no reason to pound that into the grave. All right. My, for my school, math was counting the rocks. <laughs> All right, Doug Hido, this is the level of problem I our had, school had to deal with. They didn't have the depth to experience to know if we're willing to implications. I also had an AP class of human anatomy and physiology. What did you have? I had an AP class in physics. Oh, good for you. I had that too. I actually took every single science class my high school had to offer, even the remedial ones, because I ran out of electives. Valder says first period is English. It was boring. Yeah, English is boring. I had AP English right. first period. And the teacher wanted us to read frickin' Heart of Darkness and Scarlet Letter. Those books suck. Scarlet Letter was awful. I don't know it about Heart is. of Darkness. Scarlet Letter was bad. It's it was I get bad. the symbolism. The child is like the devil. And yeah, the guy is always whipping himself. Hole. Oh, God. Ugh. God. I hate Hawthorne so much. All of his books suck. Ah. Terry Pratchett should be required reading in high I'd school. I'd rather read that. You know, yes. uh, why can't... There's so many better authors, you know. No, no, Terry Pratchett can uh, can literally teach you irony. Yeah, but I mean, even if you look at classic novels, like Hawthorne sucks. Scarlet Letter should not be. It's boring to read. It's just, Heart of Darkness is boring as hell. It is boring as hell. It is less exciting than Apocalypse Now, which can be at points boring as hell. I'm not saying it's a mm. bad film. But no, there are no. points. There are points where it's boring, but then, you know, there's like super, super action, and then, you know. The uh, Moby Dick is actually kind of neat, but it's also boring as hell. It is boring, but it has it has lessons that people should know. You know, like yeah. it, it, has, it has themes that resonate even now. Right. I get it. Terry Pratchett is more of an uh, education on narrative and language than Kite Runner. Yes. 
Oh my mm. gosh. Yep. yep. There's all these classic novels that they keep voicing on kids. It's kind of like um, I don't understand. This is a good RNG subject. Why they put Shakespeare in like junior high books? No. Junior high no. students are not ready for Shakespeare. No, no, you don't have the you don't have the mental capacity for Shakespeare. Yet. At least not in the original language. If you put no, it in the modern no, in language, the original language. No, 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 no. That, that's that's almost like a different language. Right, now. it is. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you, a you lot of times to... they'll do it in nearly the old English, and it's like it's, it's uh, forsooth what lost light through yonder window breaks. Tis the tis the east and Julius the sun. People stare like, what the hell does it even mean? I don't understand that. Whereas it's the stories more... Shakespeare says are universal. The language it's couched in isn't relatable. Yes, I mean you, the uh, if if you want to if you want to know Shakespeare, you actually have to learn a different language, and then everything starts making sense. Right. Like, oh yes, everything clicks into place. Yes, he's talking about everything that happens in everyone's life. Right. So I think but, that like teaching Shakespeare to junior high level is great if you don't try and do it in old English. If you're trying to do it like in a modern right. English, and I'm not right. talking about like word, yo, Juliet be so hotness. Now I'm talking like you know. No. Yeah, actual English. Yeah, not, actual English, not, not full of slang. You know, or slang like, English. hit me your exactly. deets, yeah. Juliet, you know. Yeah. But, you know, so that was understandable. And then you can get the themes and the ideas through, and that's what's important. No, uh, Duncan Idaho says it's traditional. Classics need to constantly evolve, but they become fixed with stacks. You know what? That does I, apply to Kim Bio, too. You're right. And a lot yeah. of this changed. Yeah, I, I I do believe that the that uh, Shakespeare should still be preserved. I agree. In its in its uh, in its original form, and that people will be uh, enlightened to to learn that version of language. Well, right, but that should come later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should come later. I mean, the the whole concepts and and ideas of it should come first, which means that you should have a translation. But you uh, at a higher level, not junior high, but high school level, you, you should actually have, uh, you know, uh, an uh, uh, an English teacher teach you how to read right. Old English and understand it, right. well, because it will only help you, you know, mentally. It will it will only help you. If only for the 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 whole elasticity of of, yeah, uh, of your, the human I mind, get you. you know it it you you. I, I, no, I get what you're trouble. saying. Yeah, yeah. You already I'm, you I'm, made your I'm point. You made your but, point. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll, you made I'll your stop. point. Um, other books I think of in that vein are like. Uh, I thought Great Expectations was a great book to learn in high school, but the language still is a little hard to get through. Um, yeah. Some students just couldn't get through the language, but maybe a, a video really helps with that. Balder says, don't teach kids to understand things only how to feel. Well, it certainly is an argument. Um, but I think that what classic novels are taught should, in a lot of ways, be evolved. There's been a lot of these classic novels haven't, like what they would teach, hasn't changed since at least the 50s. And it, there's been back and forth, like every once in a while, someone wants to ban Huckleberry Finn because it has a, a slave in it. Yeah, but especially because when you count, see the language of like, because uh, there's a part where Huck Finn talks about how it's evil to set a slave free, but then in the end of that paragraph he talks about how well if Zeta will do it, well I must be evil because damn it the God that's what I'm gonna do, you know, or based on those lines. And he, he Jim is his friend, he can't view him as just a property, 
and he's been taught right. his whole life that's wrong, but that's how he feels. He's not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, Doug so he, says he faked yes. reading Dickens in junior high. Junior high is too early for Dickens, I think. Yes, it is. Well, context is for kings. Oh, don't get me started on Discovery, Duncan Idaho. Duncan, stop it. No, uh, the, I don't know about Dickens being too much for junior high. Maybe be early junior high, but late junior high. Maybe like, I think. Well, it depends on the novel. Like a Christmas story, yeah, they can handle that. Yeah. But when yeah. you're talking like um, Tale of Two Cities, that is a little more. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Doug Hyde yeah. says he stopped watching Discovery episode six. Oh my gosh, I stopped at episode five, Duncan Idaho. I'm proud of you. Ugh. Um. Wait, it, wait, 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 Duncan, you're you're no longer in the Discovery roundtable. I'm amazed that he well this this yeah Discovery Roundtable, I'm surprised at that, but Discovery got me off of its five was a stopping point. I agree. I I watched half of episode five, stopped it, canceled my subscription, and closed the application. (laughs) I didn't even get all the way through the episode. So the other stuff they like the the surprise stuff at the end I I read through like spoilers and stuff from people talking about it. Ugh. But six ground his favorite character favorite character who to Putty. Who? Duncan. Who? who died in six? Who was your favorite character? Who? Was that the one where they had heart mud be evil? Like really evil Lorca. Oh. Lorca. What? Maybe you, didn't he what? like let someone die? I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, I mean it was Lorca is not a good guy. That no, he's not, but he's a, a good thing. character. That was never a thing. He's not a good guy, but he's a good character. No, he did some really, really bad things. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a really, really bad guy. Well I mean, he's a, he's a guy you want in war. Well nah well that's the But not in peacetime. He's a war guy. Well here's peace... why here's a problem with it being a Star Trek series. Half the characters you have are apparently homicidal evil jerks, and they all hate each other. And they, I just, it's not Star Trek. It just it does not it's, work it's, for me. Uh, it's Section Thirty-One, the Black Files. Yeah, so pretty much. It I shouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, I hate it so much. I don't like the. I like a couple of the characters, and even yeah. the characters who are good. Well, the one character who hasn't done anything evil that I saw was Tilly, and I just don't like her. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I've i actually uh, talked to some people that said, oh, Tilly's ugly. I'm like, that's she's not, not, I don't think no. she's ugly. I just don't no, like her. She's not. She, she, is a, she is average looking girl. I mean, she she is a ginger, obviously, and a lot of people think that gingers have no soul. But that's a, just go- South Park joke. I'm yeah. not going to debate that in this stream, but she is, uh, she has some moles and some stuff, and, but she is... To my perspective, uh, uh, an average-looking girl, and she has uh, an aspiration. She has hopes. She has dreams, and she's a moron. All of that has. She's a moron. Know, no, she's naive and ill-trained, but that's going to change. I hope. I'm not going to. I also I'm okay. Sorry. I, no, no, stop, stop. I'm sorry. I, I, I was speaking no. like I was going to watch the rest of the series. I know, which is wrong. Uh, yeah, Duncan Isles says sorry. they also, they went uh, too far away, got cartoons the plot of the episode and went off the rails with the contrived situation. And the second favorite character was the Tardigrade, Mr. Hugglebugs. Yeah. Who apparently can rehydrate in the vacuum of space. 
Yeah, I, I actually called that out. Earlier. Yes, you did. Immediate. Yeah. A lot of people called that out. Yeah. Um, I think that the part where I started like just really raising an eyebrow at the series is when they announced their spore drive and they used a spore, like a mushroom network in hyperspace or something to instantly traverse the universe. And I had to stop stop the bus there and say, science nowhere supports this. Yeah. You could find scientific support for holodecks, warp drive, teleportation, transmatter. You could find scientific foundations and say, this is possible. Mushroom hyperspace, instantaneous travel is is Star Wars space magic. Well, now... Yeah, no, no, the, no. <laughs> no, stop, stop. Stop, stop. Oh, excuse me. Stop. Uh, the whole uh, everything is connected thing is... God, I can pick up... God, you could talk about the interconnectedness of all life and yeah, yeah, as a fourth dimensional... Because that's fourth dimensional thinking. Yeah, that's fine. Everything's connected to the fourth dimension. They didn't say that. They said there's a magic mushroom you everyone travels instantaneously through with the spores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gave you hiccups. I apologize. Uh, Duncan says he just uncurled the hug, Mr. Hugglebug. No, I don't. No, you can't say he uncurled because they said he got rid of 99% of his water, which meant he didn't just uncurl. They actually showed him fluff out as he rehydrated. So, you know. Uh, so he says, I actually have that in eons, but there's more direct implications for life forms 4D. Right, right. Yeah, you do. But the whole spore drive thing is uh, is bull. It's yeah. bull. It's not science. And when he's talking about how the tardigrade could do it because he was able to um, – uh, he could re he could basically take pieces of DNA into his own outside of his body and incorporate it. Tardigrades can't do that. There was a study that said tardigrades could – and then, like, a month later, they published another study retracting it, saying that it was caused by contaminated samples, and tardigrades can't do that. So, if they had done even, like, a Google search, they would have known that that plot point was wrong. Maybe giant space tardigrades can. Uh, Duncan says, actually, you haven't played Eons yet, or at least streamed it in the Foundry. Okay, so, hey, we'll check that. We need to check Foundry in the, uh, Eons in the Foundry. Yes, we do. We yes. do. All right, but we are running long with this uh, random assortment of <laughs> junk, which is what the RNG is for. Yes. So and thank you very much for our audience. For uh, yeah, good participation. Uh, thank you. Us with our RNG, and we want that more. Obviously, we want it more. The the RNG is for all of you. It's for Not everyone. Just us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for the comments. As always, you can like, subscribe, or comment. Uh, through Twitch at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. You could do it through the YouTubes, youtube.com slash C slash Legion of Myth. Uh, through Reddit, facebook.com slash groups Legion of Myth. Twitter, tweet us. Tweet us. We like the tweets uh, at Legion of Myth on Twitter. Uh, look for us on Discord. There's the link. I'm not saying it. Facebook Messenger or check out our Steam group. Do not judge our games too harshly. We don't judge you. And audio version available through SoundCloud, iTunes, or on Google Play Music or find podcast aggregators everywhere. You can support Legion Myth, and you should, and you do just by being here. Uh, financially through twitch.tv slash Legion Myth, patreon.com slash Legion Myth, a Streamlabs donation at streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth, paypal.me slash Legion Myth, or get our gear like this super cool Garthon shirt at yeah, shop.spreadshirt.com. I, 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 
three days in you a row did. got so stank that I couldn't wear it today. I'm sorry. I wasn't saying not to wear your shirt. I was. Ugh. I'm just saying. It 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 got a little ripe. So. Yeah. Doug says, "Wait, you judge me all the time. You know? Well, we judge your missions. We don't judge you." No, no, no. no. If we went on your Steam account and saw what games you had, maybe we'd judge you. You know. Eh. Sometimes you gotta look like how many Neko Neko games one person have. As always, check out other members of Legion Myth, uh, Max Leah, Anor Ryukyus, Max Streams 2 Central Prize at 1900, currently doing Kings of Ambler Reckoning, uh, that's Central European time, and upcoming stars Battlefront 2. Uh, YouTube, he has Kings of Ambler going right now. And Noro is currently streaming the World of Tanks, so check that out. Special thanks to our top subscribers, Hicks206 with DayZ, Red Specs Gaming, and Twitch Stream, through Patreon, Hicks206, Sheriffs, and Dolgarian. There's Streamlabs, Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, McCool's Herald, the Magical Cat Girl, Fanboy, Spectrofire, the Level 9 Cat Girl, Armor Lover, Heathen Dog, and Al51. Do you have any final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog? Yeah, three seconds. Love each other. Love one another. All right, everyone. Merry everyone life. Live it well. Good words, Heathen Dog. Live it nerdy. And have a great diurnal anomaly.